Blog Talk Radio. expressed on the J. King Network contain mature content and may be deemed as offensive in nature. However, they may not reflect the same views held by the network itself. So please, use discretion when tuning in. Good morning, everybody. My name is J. King. Welcome to Kings in the Morning. With me is my co-host. Mushroom friend. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Jake King Network. You see what it, the sign says on the building out there. So get ready, because it's going to be a rough, rumbly ride. Have a great day. Big Fred. Now, why is it going to be rough and rumbly? What is it about this ride that's going to be rough and rumbly, in your opinion? You're going to start some shit. Then you got some idiots that come in here. Then you got Beckman. Good morning, Professor. You know, so that's that's basically it, Jay. Continue on with your show. You the nigga. Good morning, Cal Williams. Good morning, Michael Stokes. So, uh, <clears throat> so it begins. The Club Nouveau record released on um, on the twelfth, which was last Friday. Just the um, the single released to all of the um, all, all of the streaming and downloading sites, but radio radio starts. Thank you, Michael Stokes. I love your song. Thank you, Michael. Um, the single um, we start working the single. Good morning, uh, Andre Henley, on January twenty sixth, the day before my birthday, January twenty seventh. So January 26th is when it goes to radio, and we're pretty excited about it. Uh, what I'm hoping is that when we do what we do, that it causes other artists um, that are in our category to start looking at releasing singles um, as a um, as a new way of promoting our music because. Um, Thank you, um, G. Luck. Um, it's good that you waited until after a holiday. That's why we waited. I, well, hey, Shadi, good morning. Um, good morning, Lamar. Good morning, bro. Um, the reason why we waited until after the holidays is because um, radio closes down <laughs> during the holidays. You know, it did a lot of Christmas songs. So it, it only made sense. Uh, and... Um, Thank you, Michael Stokes. I appreciate you, man. We um we got more music to come, and so we're starting to get people sending us uh, emails asking if um if we're going to um if we're going to do an album. So um, eventually there will be an album, eventually, but um, I'll, I'll release singles first. 
<clears throat> Let me tell you why. When you have hit records, when you already have hit records, there's a certain amount of work you're going to get every year, no matter what, if your records have life. And so you, you figure, I'm 30-plus years in the business, and you got to still listen to my music. So I can say, yeah, my, record got a little, my record's got life. I have five or six songs that are just big hit records. And when artists like me or Karen White, um, Tony, 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 when we make a record and um, and become a hit, our fees go up, and we do more dates at a higher price, and that's how you make up the money that you spend. Because in order to get a record, just to get a record started costs about forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand and change, forty thousand at radio plus um whatever you um plus whatever you um have to do the other things. I don't know if Rick Rubin would be the right person to produce our album, Shadi. I you know, just his name alone don't mean nothing. It gotta be there's got to be a correlation between producer and artist. Um you can't just, and, and I think a lot of people think, well, go get Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, go get Dr. Dre, and they think because they get those people that they're going to have hit records. And a, a lot of times that's not what transpires because there has to be a chemistry between the two and a musical understanding. Good morning, Concrete Garden. So, and, and I think if there's any producer that is uh, versatile, Rick Rubin is that producer, you know. Uh, So good morning, Dale Bernie. So um, good morning, Dave Smith. Yeah, new music, you know, you have to, and and then you have to navigate these waters out here. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm 60. And so um, when you're 60, you know, you, you know, you're competing with 20-year-olds musically. Good morning, Tracy Parker. You know, you, that's the competition because the, the, the game is competitive. Good morning, Vicky. And you're not competing with them head on, but you're competing with them for the same radio spot that they're competing for. And so you got to figure out how to make a record for your audience and how to make a record for today without compromising sound. And, and it's, it's difficult. And me and, and, me, and D, uh, me and DOA, we worked on, uh, you know, we're, we're, we worked on and we're working on, you know, how to uh, develop the sound and then, you know, and then Club Nouveau has, over years, has changed. Now, this is the first time in the history of Club Nouveau that Val didn't sing on a record with me. She's always been the only female. So Tirza, you know, just finding her, finding her lane, making her sound. J.I. Lee, uh, to me, is probably the best male singer I've ever had in Club Nouveau because he can do anything. 
So, um, and so you know, so you have to make sure that you that you, that you create uh, a style that people will, will like. And I think uh, this record has has proven to be one of those records. Just and it's not me saying it; it's what you guys say. It's how you guys respond to the record. See, people can make music all day long and tell you how good that music is, but it don't mean nothing if y'all don't like it. So um, y'all like it. And so if you haven't heard it, I'm going to play it. Um, 
Um, that's just a lot of great music. Good morning, Marcus. Good morning, Indigenous, Indigenous Black. Good morning, Cola. So there, there's a lot of great music out there. What it is is that October, yeah, October London. Um, the reason why, good morning, JoJo, I think um, is what's pushed into mainstream. So radio ain't the same. Um, and there's no such thing. There's no such thing as as um, uh, uh, black radio the way it used to be, because black radio in the beginning, uh, when I came in, was owned and controlled by black men. But once 1986 hit, and and um, uh, Ronald Reagan did deregulation of the air traffic controllers. That deregulation also deregulated radio. So where before you could only own so many radio stations, it took that cap off. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, cuz. It took that cap off. And when it took that cap off, now you could get Cumulus, Blue Chip, of uh, 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 iHeart, all these radio conglomerates. So what they started doing was crushing the small radio station. They would go and offer them more money than they were worth. And then if the guy said, no, I want to keep my radio station, they would buy a signal, do R&B in that market, crush the R&B station, take it, and then, you know, and, and basically just – overpower a market, and that's the way that went. So um, I th- I, he may be out of um, – Gibeon may be out of Long Beach. I thought he was out of – somebody told me Chicago. I don't know where he's from. Um, uh, Gregory Beeson said Colin Powell's son was the head of the FCC at that time. Yeah, but he didn't have any – Colin Powell's had, son had no power over the president. Once the president deregulated it, uh, deregulated air traffic control because of some radio waves, it deregulated all the way across the board. Uh, what's the latest with the American Music Fairness Act? Um, I don't know, Shadi. I haven't read up on it lately. I'll have to read up on it, and I'll tell you. I'll read it and, and tell you. Good morning, Barbara Coates. The difference between a 50,000-watt station and a 500,000-watt station. So let me tell you something, um, Michael. This is where programming comes in. If you're a good if you know how to program good radio, you can put big companies out of business. You can you can make them move on. Um, time for terrestrial radio to pay for master recording use. Let me tell you why they don't, Shadi. I'm gonna tell you why. In nineteen twenty nine, nineteen twenty five, uh radio stations tried to go to record companies and give them a royalty. And record companies went to artists and said, don't go to radio stations. Because record companies, like they are right now, were so small in their thinking that they saw radio as a threat to people buying their music. On the other hand, publishers said, we want a piece of that every time a song plays on the radio. 
for our songwriters and publishers. Good morning, Reginald Sanders. Sanders, good morning, Sonny Bland. And so, and they said, okay. And, and, and record companies would literally threaten artists, good morning, War, War Reed, for going to a radio station. Now, don't take my word for it, you guys. Go, go re- research the shit I say to you so you can call me on it if I don't know what I'm talking about. But I really know what I'm talking about because I read about this stuff. And by the time record companies realized that radio, number one, wasn't going to hurt them, but in fact help them, and that the market was going to explode, they went back to radio and said, hey, give us some of that money. And radio said, no, we're not giving you shit. We gave you the opportunity. And then when record companies tried to crush them, radio already had lobbyists on the hill that, that were strong enough to fight radio record companies. And record companies, they, they did a disservice to us. But that's why when the Digital Act of 95 came, that's why you get paid as an artist from sound exchange. Because when the Digital Rights Act came, record companies had learned from the first time, and they made sure that not only were publishers getting and writers getting a piece of that money, but that the artist and the label would get it. That's why sound exchange pays you as an artist, and if you own the product as a label and as a writer and a publisher. Good morning, Lee Fletcher. Um, today, th- this morning, it's... Um, Martin Luther King's birthday, and uh, it's a Martin Luther King day. We're going to talk about Martin Luther King, and, uh, but from a standpoint that you guys probably uh, aren't ready for, because it's going to tell, we're going to tell the truth. This is going to be uh, Tell the Truth Monday. We're going to tell the truth about how funky you motherfuckers were to, uh, to Martin Luther King. And I'm not talking about white folks. Talk about you, darkies. Um, Gregory Beeson said streaming will st- streaming will eventually smother terrestrial radio. My young adult sons have never even listened to radio yet; they know all the new music artists. Um, maybe, maybe not. You know, um, maybe, maybe not. Um, Greg, because, um, you know, they've been saying that for a long time, but people listen to terrestrial radio in their cars. Somebody needs to take the streaming network to Congress and fight for our rights again. No, no, Michael, this is where you guys got to be patient and smart. Good morning, Christy Grimes. Christy Grimes. Um, Shadi, let me explain something to you guys about streaming. Streaming exists because people invested billions of dollars, not millions, billions of dollars, into these streaming apparatuses. Now, and this is where you guys got to do your history on record on, on record companies. Record companies don't generally recognize new revenue streams. And they could have easily said streaming will be a marketing tool the same way they did with videos. You guys got to remember, we didn't get paid for videos for the first 15 years. 
We got charged for videos. But now, when videos, we make money from videos because of the Digital Act of 95. But in the beginning, they charged us for videos. We, had to, we didn't get paid for the video plan on BET. So recognize that they recognize streaming as a revenue stream, number one. Number two, uh, you've got to think like a businessman now. Before you start giving people a lot of money, you want to get your money back. So as a businessman, I get it. The people that put that money up to build the apparatus that we call streaming, they want to make their money. They want to make money from what they built. I'm with that. Eventually, your streaming royalties are going to go up, and they're going to go up exponentially. And if any of you get sound exchange, you know what I'm talking about. Because sound exchange, when we first started getting sound exchange, we weren't getting a lot of money. We, we were getting a little bit of money. Um, yeah, yeah, Michael, you're going to get $30 for 50,000 streams because right now they got to pay it back. This is where you guys, don't think small, you guys. Be bigger than that. Know that, that, you, that the revenue stream is going to grow. I remember talking to Larry Dunn from Earth, Wind, and Fire one day. And I'm going to bring Larry on this show one day to tell you guys. And one day and I had, I had um, got some of his publishing back that he, um, that, that he was old for the Faces album. I got him all his publishing. And he got some money, and he said, King Lee, what am I going to do, man, 10 years from now? How am I going to be making money? And I said, Don, you'll be making more money 10 years from now than you do today. And one day I went to my sister's house and I had a, a, a letter in the mail from him and I opened it up and the only thing in it was a check. Good morning, Jeanette Wilson. Good morning, Will Wheaton. Now understand that I hadn't worked for Larry Dunn for a number of years. Um, and um, no record companies own shares. Shadi, you guys, y'all don't, dude, I can't, I can't explain this stuff to you, man. Because you guys don't want to listen. Either you're gonna to listen, to, you're gonna to listen to me and learn something, or you're gonna keep fighting it and it's and wasting your time. It's up to you. Um, but Larry Dunn, I called him and I said, "Hey, Larry, I think you guys made a mistake. I just, you just sent me a check." And he said, "No, King, we sent that to you on purpose." I said, "For what?" He said, "Remember that time when we was talking." And I was all worried about whether I'll make money or not. And you said, Dunn, you're going to be making more money than you make now 10 years from now. I said, yes, sir. He said, you ain't never lied. Because he ain't got nothing to worry about. His catalog stuff he did with Earth, Wind, and Fire is forever. And the, and the, the streams just get bigger. And, and, and you have to know that um, I don't care if record, if record companies own shares and streaming platforms, that they, they, they get their money back. And you should be happy they get their money back because eventually that stream, that, that money is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Be happy that they recognize it as a revenue stream because record companies don't generally recognize revenue streams. 
And if you get sound exchange money, like I said, when I first got my first sound exchange checks, every quarter they would be like $1,500, $1,000. Now they are much, much bigger, much, much, much bigger. That's because the apparatus is growing. And wait to wait to the metaverse hit. You think you, you you think money is being made now? Wait to the metaverse hit, because the metaverse is going to be your imagination. Whatever you can imagine, you're, you're going to be able to do it in the metaverse. And whatever your interest is, if your interest is music, and let's say you want to get Marvin Gaye, you want old Marvin Gaye. There's going to be uh, um, a hologram of Marvin Gaye, any Marvin Gaye you want, young Marvin Gaye, middle Marvin Gaye, older Marvin Gaye. You're going to be able to pick whatever songs you want to pick. You're going to put them in whatever stage setting you want to put them in. You're going to get to pick your songs. And for everything you do, you it's a charge to it. Um, um, our artists... Artists got to do everything on their own. Hey, hey, Shadi, y'all wanted everything. You want to control everything. That's why artists, you, you got to be a businessman now. So if you don't want to, if you don't want to do everything on your own, go sign to a label. But if you sign to a label, don't talk about how they they fucking you because that's you putting it in yourself. You can't have it both ways. That's what tripped me out about trip me out about artists. Artists always talk about what other people are doing to them. Do it yourself. Shit, I did rumors on my own. I starved. Everybody ain't willing to starve. Everybody wants other people to invest in them, but they're not willing to invest in themselves. Everybody wants somebody else to take a chance on them. They're not willing to take a chance on themselves. Everybody wants somebody to starve for them. They ain't willing to starve. You got to starve. If you ain't willing to do it, so I don't complain about the music business has been very, very good to me. And the music business is good to anybody who will um, who will invest in, in, in what it is that they do and who they are. But, you, you know, um, the one thing I do know about artists is they're some selfish motherfuckers. Artists are very selfish. Uh, they only see it through their eyes, the way they want it, how they feel it. Um, and they don't um, they don't appreciate the um, the sacrifice that people make. I appreciate the sacrifice. Good morning, Jesse Alexander. You know, it's why I have it's why I have a, a publisher right now. My publisher handles all of my business when it comes to uh, my, my songs being um, uh, 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 sampled and all that stuff. And he gets his percentage. He gets his 20% for the rest of his life because I'm not, because that's a hard work. That's a hard job. And, and I'm not counting his money. I don't care how much money he makes. But guess what? When I decided, hey, man, I'm going to go for radio on this record, and I know it's going to cost me over $100,000. I went to my publisher and said, hey, man, can you put something in on this too? And he said, yeah. So when, when you make relationships with your business partners 
and your business partners know that you're in it with them, they'll be in it with you. But when they see that you're a selfish motherfucker, every chance they get to be selfish to you, they will be. Yeah, I still get paid for every version of five on it. Anytime something happens with five on it, cha-ching. Good morning, Faye Williams Matthews. My cousin, um, Lynn, a.k.a. Alley Cat, said relationships are so important and people damage them because of ego. Because sometimes it's ego, sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's uh, uh uh, um, inexperience. What you call it, Jay, how much skin they got in the game. Yep. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people want all the reward no, with no risk. Um, Michael um, Stokes said, you don't care how much money he makes as long as you are being taken care of on your streaming, your publishing, your selling. Um, listen, not just my selling, not, not just, um, hey, Aramid, good morning. Just, but taking care of my catalog, because there's going to come a time, hey, Sharon Bernie, good morning. There's going to come a time when I'm not here. Good morning, Terry. And my kids are going to have to have somebody to protect their, um, their future, because I'm never selling my publishing. And when you see people, um, hey, Tracy, thank you, sir. When you, um, um, when you see people um, selling their catalog, and I don't care if they're getting $50 million, $100 million, $200 million, they're crazy to me. If somebody's offering you that kind of money, there's a reason. If they're offering you $50 million, it's because it's probably worth $500 million or $5 billion. And you gotta, you you gotta know that. So you know, um, and once you buy, once you buy some shit, once you once you bought some shit, guess what? After a little while, you start buying shit. You're, I don't need this shit. I don't. What the fuck am I doing all this bullshit? And then you start trying to give it away. Cause guess what? When you die. Guess what your kids going to do? They're going to give it away because it don't mean to them what it means to you. So you got to start, you know, I'm starting to really figure out a way to curate my stuff. Hey, Casey Stewart, I'm trying to figure out a way to curate my shit down so that by the time my kids you know, by the time you get to them, I will say this, my clothes, they better sell my motherfucking clothes because my clothes will be worth money. Not because I wore them, but because of who made them. And, and they become what they call vintage. So you, 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 um, you, you do a, a state sale and you sell my shit. And, and if you start giving my, my, my shit away, I'm, I'm coming back to, to haunt your ass because I paid good money for that stuff. Good morning, Tanya Van Hook. Good morning, Denise Granderson. Uh, that's true. I was mad when my uncle sold his publishing to the Michael Jackson estate. Uh, 
Michael Stokes said, I'll help you. Mike, you might be dying with me. Shit, we all been the same age group. But we, <laughs> that's why my kids have to, you know, hey, good morning, Herbert Messer. A lot of a, a lot of young people need to be taught this. What you're saying. A lot of old motherfuckers need to be taught this way. It's a lot of it, it's a lot of us oldies but goodies that ain't learned nothing. And we we and we we operate off the premise that you can't teach an old dog a new trick, which is some bullshit. Whenever I hear you can't teach an old dog a new trick, and I'm like these motherfuckers are are comparing themselves to actual animals. Uh, there's something wrong with them. This is what I hear. Warning! Warning! Bullshitter alert! Bullshitter alert! Warning! Warning! Bullshitter alert! Bullshitter alert! Warning! Bullshitter alert! A lot of bullshitters out here, y'all. Oh, by the way, you guys, I'm drinking. I'm drinking water. I'm just drinking, drinking it um, out of a cup from Bakersfield. Because on Friday, I met with um, the new president of the Kern County uh, Black Chamber of Commerce and um, a few board members, and uh, they gave me this. And I told him that I would, um, that I would forego my other, <clears throat> my other um, <clears throat> cup for the Bakersfield Cup because he watched sometimes. So um, thank you, Kern County. I love, I love it. But it's not, I, I don't, I've never drank coffee, even though, um, good morning, Veronica, I've drank coffee with a lot of creamer in it, so it looks super beige. Um, somebody told me that wasn't, you keep learning in life right up until you die. That's right, Greg Beasley, if you stop learning, the day you stop learning is the day you start dying. The day you stop learning is the day you start dying. And so a lot of people are walking around here dead because they can't learn nothing. Not only can't they, they don't want to. Not only don't they want to, if you try to teach them something, they're going to get mad at you. There's a lot of dead motherfuckers walking around here. So when you think about it, <clears throat> and we start talking about zombies, they're already here. I'm, I, I learn every day. I'm learning from these young, these young artists. Life is about learning. That's right. Good, good morning, cuz. That's my cousin, Reggie, Reggie Brumfield. The Walking Dead is real out here. Um, good morning, um, Potter. Hey, good morning, Jay. I just got, I just remembered I just uh, downloaded your song. I had a question for you. How do okay. you determine when to release a song? Like, you're going to be doing singles from now on, which I think is incredibly smart. But mm-hmm. how do you know when to release it? When, you know, this time or mm-hmm. springtime or summertime? Like, Well, so, so there are times in the year where records, you know, like, you know, towards the end of the year, you know not to release a record unless you're a big artist because you're going to be going up against Christmas music. And, um, so a lot of Christmas music is going to take those slots. There are only so many slots. And if, if big artists like Beyonce are coming out and Taylor Swift, the morning Rodney Abernathy, that means that the cost to do business is going to go up. So 
you want to stay out the way of big name artists. So generally, at the first of the year, you want to you know you want to find you want to find a um, a slot and get in it. So I wanted to be, uh, I wanted the record to have time to number one to get some sales behind it, and that's why we did the two weeks before January twelfth. We released the single. January 26th, we released to radio. So we can kind of get a sense of if people like the record or not based on, because now with social media and, uh, uh, um, and you know, Twitter and uh, uh, Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and emails and websites and all this stuff, people find out about music a lot of different ways. Um, YouTube, Venmo. So we wanted to give it that. And then it takes a minute to set up radio. Like this morning, I was up at 5 o'clock this morning doing radio drops. I did, um, I did 22 of them for different radio stations because my promoter said, hey, I need you to do this, so I'm doing this right here. Hey, y'all, it's J. King of Club Nouveau on the Prop Shop with DJ Chill Will on Michigan, WCBN. So, I'm, you know, I'm doing that. I'm doing – so, I, I, there's a bunch of these right here. So, I had to do uh, 22 of these. Hey, it's J. King of Club Nouveau, and I'm on the E-Water Show right here on KEWR, E-Water Radio. Peace. So they give me these things, and I have to do so. Um, um, you got to, you know, you. And then on Thursday, I got an interview to do. Even though, so I got an 11 o'clock interview, but at 12 o'clock, I have to be. Uh, I have to. I'm the chair of the African American ad, ad hoc committee for Caltrans for the Small Business Council. So at 11 o'clock, I'm doing a radio interview. At 12 o'clock, I'm doing the ad hoc committee meeting. And, you know, and, and so, and then I have to go to, uh, uh, you know, other meetings with other uh, um, committee chairs. I don't sit on it. You know, I, I'm just a part of them. So you got to be willing to do all the work. You got to be willing to do all the work every time. You know, that's, that's, that's why it trips me out. When I see people like um, when I see people like Kanye um, not give autographs, that's the dumbest shit in the world. You work all your life to want people to want your autograph for you for now. People to want your autograph, and now you don't want to give it to them. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. That's the dumbest shit. No, Mike, I'm not distributing the record myself. I'm doing it through Reservoir because when so the way my deal was with Warner Brothers is if they sold, I, um, they couldn't sell my catalog without me signing off. So, um, and my 35 year was coming up. Good morning, Jay Pollock. Reservoir is who has my catalog now because I did a deal with Reservoir for the Club Nouveau catalog. We're in a partnership. And um, 
So I have a relationship there. And personally, I think Faith Newman is still on the post. I think, and when you find somebody like a Faith Newman who's been around for as long as she's been around, but is still on the post of the game, and um, and they don't do, they don't really do records like ours. They just sell our catalog. Our catalog, our catalog sells well. We get a check every six months, you know, twice a year. They send us a check. And um, and I asked them if they would release the record. And um, they love the record, but they said, we don't do that part. Hey, Steve Perez, how you doing? They said, we don't do that. Um, Jay, we don't release records like that. And they said no the first time. And I went back to them and said, listen, I'll oversee the radio portion. I just need you guys to do the distribution, to do the curators, to um, to use your muscle to to move me up on iTunes and some of these platforms. And, and they said, um, and they said, okay, I met with the whole team. So, and, you know, these are young people that didn't know who Club Nouveau was, but they went and did their research. There's a young lady named Allie who's really my point person. She's on top of it. Um, and, you know, they believe we can have a top 10 record. And that's why, but you've got to hire real people that do radio. That's why I hired Ken Wilson. If you if you have an R&B record and Ken Wilson isn't part of that conversation, it's probably not going to happen. You can't beat you you can't you can't beat radio. You can't outslick radio. Hey Pam, good morning, Snell. And um, you got to use real people that have real relationships. And that costs money. So when I hear people say, man, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I hear what you say, JT, man, but, uh, you know, man, I found a way to, to circumvent that shit. I'm I'm spending about $9,000 on radio. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you go, you, you will see. You will see. And then um, <laughs> $9,000 later. <laughs> yeah, I'm using Ken Wilson. That's what I said, Mike. Um, anyway, today is, to, uh, is uh, Monday, January 15th, 2024. Uh, it's Martin Luther King's birthday, and I'm going to do uh, the daily word. Uh, Brother Reverend Ali, are you doing the word of the day? Yeah, I got the word of the day, OG. Uh, Brother Reverend Ali is doing the word of the day. Uh, the daily word is world peace, W-O-R-L-D-P-E-A-C-E. I see the world abounding in peace and love. The tie that binds humanity is the truth that we are all joined by the divine spirit within us. No worldly circumstance, no conflict, no turmoil can change this. As more and more people awaken to this truth, peace will will flourish in every land. I hold the watch for world peace by envisioning this growth, this growing harmony. I commit to visualizing all the world at peace. It's people living from their divine natures. When I encounter troubling situations, I hold this vision of a peaceful world in my mind. I live in the world as it is, even as I work toward bringing peace to my corner of it. I take comfort knowing others are spreading peace 
just as I am. The world is everyone's to care for and enjoy. Peace is the way. Today's Bible verse is number 626. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Brother Reverend Ali, what is the word of the day? Good morning, Michael Niner Jordan. OG, the word of the day is nerve, spelled N-E-R-V-E. And the definition for nerve is to brace oneself to face a demanding situation. And let me see if I can use that in a sentence. On Facebook this morning, I read Vertical's wife tell him he gets on her last nerve. Nerve. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Not the last one. Uh, Shani, I know what a I know what a curator is. <laughs> that's why I want that curators list. That's why I want to because people have a list of curators that they that they have relationships with. That's how you that's how you make records happen. Um, today is um, January fifteenth, twenty twenty four. It would be. Um, I believe Dr. Martin Luther King was born in uh, 29. I want to say 1929 because, let me see. Let me find out for certain. I, 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 I hate trying to guess something. Let me just see for sure. But I, I want to say he was born in 1929. Yeah, because he was born in 1929. Yeah. So he will be he will be ninety five years old today, and people are saying what you know what he thought about what what they think he would think about um, today, what what he would think about the world, and um, the odd thing is as much as we um I'm not marching, no I got work to do today, um, I'm going to my office to work today. Martin Luther King would want me to. Um, <clears throat> as much as we talk about how much we love him, and I'm just going to focus on the black community just for a minute here. In 1968, when Martin Luther King died, more than 75% of the country didn't like him. For that to happen, that means that black folk had to be in that number, and they were. Because we started changing. This is when H. Rap Brown and Eldridge Cleaver, Dewey uh, Newton, Ron Carimbo, and a host of others started um, the Black Power Movement where, you know, um, Stokely Carmichael, yeah, where um, they wasn't going to take it no more. And they called Martin Luther King a coon, a sellout. People said he was beyond his time. And I just want you to know this is a young man 
When Martin Luther King dies, he's only 39 years old. Good morning, Kimberly Virgil. I want you to think about that. Think about you at 39. What, who are you at 39? Because at 39, I'm a crazy motherfucker. Okay? At 39, I'm one foot in the jailhouse, one foot out the jailhouse. I'm, I'm like that. At 39, this man is almost over. Matter of fact, he, he's over um, less than three months into his 39th birthday. Because he's born on January 15th. He dies on April 4th. 39 years old. Now when we talk about Martin Luther King, it's, it, you know, it's um, 90 plus percent love. But if you, if you go through history, good morning, B. Henderson, this is how we've always been. We always love people after they're dead. We don't love them when they're alive. When they're alive, we judge them by their faults. When they're dead, we honor them by their deeds. Human being is a motherfucker. <laughs> The human being has a think, hard time being human. You think what? I think some of that is how he was marketed after he died and how they market him now to the masses. Um, yeah, I think that's part of it, why people have accepted him so much. I think his legacy has been used and kind of repackaged and, and presented to the public. And that's kind of well. I I I agree, I disagree with you. I think um, it has nothing to do with the marketing of, of him more than it has to do with the humanity of him. That humanity always stops when it when it's in a murderous rage to reflect on itself. Um, good morning, Mo. And and the humanity stopped to reflect on itself, just like it did when you know with uh, with Whitney Houston or Michael Jackson or uh, Malcolm X. Humanity stops to reflect on itself and see how horrible it is. But by the time humanity sees how horrible it is, it's too late. Because the person is dead. The, 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 the damage is done. And so the idea is for you to get better, you to get better in your personal life as a human being. Good morning, Mona. Jay, the um, yes. If I can just, uh, there's a 
the last resident of that motel, the Lorraine Motel, where he was killed, she still is out there every single day protesting. She's been out there for over 30 years. Her name is Jacqueline Smith. And they did finally close the museum that they had across the street where it was it Lee Harvey Oswald or whoever it was that was supposedly had shot him. They finally closed that museum down. Well, you know why? But that... Because... They proved that Lee Harvey Oswald, I mean, um, that um, the, the boy, it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey, didn't yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald, that the boy who, um, James Earl Ray, yeah, um, they proved that, that he did not kill Martin Luther King, that he didn't do it, that it was a cover-up, and um, the government and Police and everybody were involved in it because Martin Luther King did something that he that he um, recognized he'd done and he called himself out on it. He said, I, "I'm afraid that with desegregation, I've marched us into a burning house." Mm-hmm. He knew that, that that was the wrong way. He, he was fighting for the wrong thing. He was fighting for civil rights when he should have been fighting for economic rights, for our economic rights, for our, our rights to have our own economy. See, I, I, um, I, I'm, I was never for integration. Not by force. I believe that because our dollar was so strong in our community, had we just let time take its course, maybe it wouldn't have happened to the 80s or the 90s, but by the time we got to integration, it would have been a gradual movement, but we would have had power because we would have had our own money. We had our own I agree with that, we had our own businesses, our, our, and, and then now we got our own voting block. But when you start trying to force somebody to do something because it's the right thing to do, it goes back to my question I always ask, do you want to win or do you want to be right? Kimberly Berger said, when will we get better? It's been long enough for us to be better as a people. We'll be having the same subject matter this time next year, not realizing what our ancestors have done for us, including giving their lives, but that wasn't enough. What will it take? So if I take your if I take your approach on it, Kim, then I would have to say nothing's changed. But that's not so. A lot has changed. A, a lot has changed, um, but it's up to the human being to to recognize it. And, again, instead of trying to tell other people what they need to do, do the shit that you're telling other people they need to do. You do it. Make that, make that your life mission and for you and the people around you. If, if, if the world is all bad, then um, get out of it. Leave the world. Then what, then what would they the have to complain about bad, that, Jay? If the world is all bad and you're in the world, you're part of the all. 
I don't. The world ain't all bad for me. I get to make the world what I wanted. Anybody that I don't want in my life, I know how to cut them out. They're they're, they're waiting for people like you to do it. See, they're waiting for people like you to do it, or or wealthy athletes, or people who are popular, or celebrities, or something. I believe that everybody is wealthy. It ain't one of us on this planet that don't have wealth inside of us. And what I mean is you have special skills and talents and uh, that are just natural to you. But um, is, as in, um, hey, Sky, oh, good morning. But is means everything to somebody else. But you won't develop it. You won't hold yourself accountable. When I start seeing people blame other people for them, I laugh. Because <laughs> to give somebody that kind of power over you, good morning, Lee Daniels, is, is quite shocking. You know, Martin Luther King, that wasn't his real name. His name is Michael King. His daddy went to Germany, found out about Martin Luther, read about him, changed his name to Martin Luther, and changed his son's name to Martin Luther King Jr. I wonder if we I wonder how we would have felt if he was Michael King. Good morning. Good morning, Reese. Good morning, J. King. What's my special skill? Um uh, Starting shit, your shit started. <laughs> I was at it um, day before yesterday. I was at the um, Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee, and um, had a conversation with Jacqueline Smith outside of there. Every time I get by Memphis, I, I always stop at about a hotel. So I almost thought it was almost ironic that I ended up in Memphis right before the celebration of his birthday. So. Um, am I related to MLK? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, you know, my, my uncle, my great uncle, Ulysses S. King was a minister, um, who was friends with Martin Luther King. Um, I come from a family of ministers. My great grandfather, Judge King, and my great grandmother, Sarah King, came from Louisiana and Texas and brought the electrified gospel to California. They were the first ones to bring what they call the electrified gospel to California. And um, my, my great-grandmother, Sarah King, was shot by a white man because he said the electrified gospel was the devil. She lived, um, she, she lived past it. I never met her. Um, but I come from a family of um, ministers and church folk. And my uncle, Saunders King, was a blues guitarist who went back to the church, but he was the first person to play the electric guitar on the West Coast. And he had a song called the FK Blues. And his daughter, Deborah King, married Carlos Santana, and she and Carlos were married for 33 years, had 
three children. And um, my uncle Sanders was a, a jet a jet black man who was married to a white woman, a Jewish woman. So, you know, uh, you can see we got a lot of. And to think with all that evangelical lineage, the way you mm-hmm. talk about the cloth. <laughs> well, well, let me just say this. Let me tell, let me just tell you this. Um, my um, <clears throat> my uncle Ulysses, who was a minister, uh, he has another child that's half white. And uh, and he got kids that are all black, so you know you put it all together. Jay, are you related yeah. to Champ to to Evelyn Champagne King? Uh, I, I I figure we have to be we have to all have been um, part of the same plantation at some point. Uh, Jay, I read a blurb about Sly Stone, and there was a mention about Deborah King. Because before Deborah was with, um, before she was with Carlos, she was with Sly. And my cousin, D.K. King, her cousin, Daryl King, had to go to um, Los Angeles and put the straightening comb on Sly. My cousin, Daryl King, is a gangster. His father... U.S. King was a minister. Now, I'll have to get Lenny Williams on here one day to tell you. Let me call. Let me see if I can get Lenny. See if I can get Lenny on to talk about my cousin, D.K. <laughs> Your call has been forwarded to an automatic... Tracy Wooten. Roten. Hey, Tracy. How you doing? Uh, maybe Lenny will. Maybe Lenny will call me. Oh, I thought that was the wrong number. I did. Here it is. This is this is late. Oh shoot. Uh, so, um, but Lenny used to tell me, Sir Fishalot, how you doing, sir? Lenny used to tell me about about my cousin, DK, and how when they were in YA, DK was thirteen. But they will put him in the um, in the area with the eighteen-year-old, seventeen and eighteen-year-old, because he was he was too big and strong to be with thirteen-year-old, the sixteen to eighteen-year-old like that. Yeah. So my grandfather, J. King, the first. He was in World War One and was injured very badly. And um and um so when he came back from the war, uh, he and my grandmother didn't um they didn't make it. Yeah. Maybe it was World War Two. Maybe it was two, but he was injured very badly in whichever world war it was. But he he was injured very badly, and um, he became a hobo. But they said he could do anything that he could. Um, that he built a car from scratch. Uh, he invented a, a shine old shoe polish 
and sold it for 50 bucks. My my cousin, um, Herman, who just passed away in 82, said my grandfather could stick his thumb in the ground and another one would, would grow out of it. So I think, you know, uh, my ability to believe in me probably come from the families I come from, possibilities. I'm always open to them. Uh, I always tell people I'm the least talented person that I know. It's just you got to outwork me, and very few people do or will. I, you know, um, I'm going to work today. When I leave here, I'm going to my office. People say, well, you know, it's a, it's a holiday. It's Martin Luther King's Day, birthday. Absolutely. Martin Luther King uh, was working his ass off. That's why this man is dead at 39. Think about that. Martin Luther King, his life is over at 39, but you don't know it's from 27 to 39. He dedicated his life to the betterment of humanity. From 27 years old to 39, 12 years from the time he starts the civil rights movement to the time he did, and a lot of it got to do with y'all. Let me tell you some of the shit y'all were saying. Hey, Martin, fuck that, man. Turn the other cheek shit. Fuck that. I'm not, I'm not with that. He, he's, in, 1965, in 1964, he wins the Nobel Peace Prize. In 1965, he's doing the, the um, nonviolent marches, and you motherfuckers are marching with him, fighting with people. So now his nonviolent marches are now becoming violent. Hey, baby K, when, when, when Martin Luther King, <laughs> when, when he says calm down, they tell him to shut the fuck up. You old, you outdated. Move the, move the fuck out the way. That's you saying it. That's not white people. That's you. So I'm going to say to you today, if you say nothing's changed, that's because nothing about you has changed. If you say we haven't gotten better, what you're saying is there's nothing about you, the way you think, and how you want to change and grow the world has gotten better. So you're the problem because you get to make your world. You get to make the world. I get to make my world. So I, I really enjoy, I enjoy my life. I think um, I think the world is amazing. The human being is an interesting study. I study the human being. I'm, I'm like, wow, they can control us. What they, these are bad motherfuckers. The way they just manipulate everything. I divorced myself from the world a long time ago. No, Sly Stone was from Vallejo, Michael, 
He was originally from Texas, and his family moved to Vallejo. So I, 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 get to, I get to make it. I get to make the world I live in and who get to live in it with me. If, if, you, if, you, if you throw off a, a, a vibe that ain't good for me, don't, you ain't got to worry about it. You don't get to talk to me no more. And I don't think about you no more. I, I get to make up the world the way I want it. You can call it whatever you want to. What you won't say is I saw Jay King and he, man, that, he didn't look happy. He looked mean and mad. You ain't going to never see that shit. I'm 61, turning 62 on January 27th. You think I worry about what people got to say about me? <laughs> you think I worry about what you, what you, I worry about what I think about me. I, I'm my worst critic. I wake up in the morning and say, dude, you know better than that shit. You got to be better, man. John Beckman, you're telling lies. We don't talk every day before I go to bed. Don't sit there and tell that lie. Crackers are always trying to crack a jack. Don't, don't, don't crack a jack. Beckman. You would think his cracker ass would take a break from that bullshit on MLK Day. <laughs> you know what? I, you know, I don't understand how that would make that's sense. Martin Luther King Jr. said, "No, Martin Luther King Jr. said that we judge people by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin." Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, wasn't. Celeste said, "I wish I could do a better job, not giving a crap about what people say about me." You offer training? Yeah, yeah, I will. But you. Celeste, I will. And um, you look great in the, the Club Nouveau sweatshirt, by the way. Hey, Epiphany. I'm going to be right back, you guys. I'm going to play, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, play the song. For those of you who haven't bought the Club Nouveau single, it's all right. And we're going to talk about the song because the song is just about, it's about that, about relationships and how they break away. But, you know, if it's a real relationship and it's to the bone, however it ends up, the love don't go away, and it's all right. How should you express it when you love someone? Oh, 
cut it out. You know, just, just find, the, find the good part. It's easy to find the bad part. You motherfuckers are great at finding the bad parts. Find some good parts. I, I had um, I had good parts in my relationship. Good parts. That's what that's what I focus on. You know, I don't I don't I don't focus on the bad stuff. I'm I'm really thankful. But that's why even even as I work on new music for for the record, um, you know, that's how I see how I see the world is how I see the world. So I, I think about do I um you know, do I come with a song like this? You know, do I come with this kind of thing? You can hear it, you know, the song is a, is a spirit, you know, you can feel the spirit in the song. Do I come with that? Or do I, do I come with this? Do I follow it up with something like this? Yeah, that. Trying to find the right melody. Trying to find the yeah. right melody and lyric. So yeah, that one. You know, release that one. Um, in the in the northeast, in the northeast, we're freezing, man. We'll just be coming out of hibernation, getting into <laughs> spring and summer. Perfect. We need a head nodder, man. We need a head nodder while we're riding in our cars, man. Mm. 
enjoying the spring and summer weather, so the second one. Well, um, 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 Jeff Carlin, I will release both of them at different times. Is what do I start with? Do I, you know, after we come out of it, it's all right. Do we come with? Do we come with the up tempo, or do we slow it down a little bit? And put, you know, to give us a time to reflect as a nation, because we some fucked up motherfuckers out here. That's all I'm saying. You know, do we? Do you know? Do we get better? You can you can play Somebody, the more serious one of, of, of when the election comes. We can do that one, but <laughs> that's what I was about <laughs> to say. Let's, let's do the let's do the head nodder first. Let's do the <laughs> be one first. I was about to say that. Uh, it's not called Jay's Groove. Um, the song is called Worldwide. Worldwide. Because yeah. we want people to party worldwide. Worldwide. But I don't know what I don't know what the melody is yet. Um, Sir Fisher, I said Club Nouveau should come perform at Seattle's festival, Sundiata. So y'all run with Marcus Wildstyle at all. He's been bringing groups. I don't know Marcus Wildstyle. The second one can be Trump's anthem when he arrives up on the podium for the first time. He can dance to it. Um, the unfortunate part, why you laughing, is it, um, this is the unfortunate part that we this is and this is where you all come into play um you guys have um ensured those of you who don't vote who won't get involved who don't believe that anything is going to happen at the presidential level you all have ensured that we have mediocre um candidates both on the left and the right so uh, Donald Trump may very well be your president again. Um, <laughs> hey, Kwame, uh, the Raiders are going to lose a lot of games until they um, until they decide that they want to be a team again. Annette said, I don't like Trump. Annette, um, um, a lot of people don't, but a lot of people do. A lot of people don't like Biden, but a lot of people do. The problem is the lot that like Biden aren't as dedicated as the lot that like Trump, and that's what's going to make this very interesting. And then um, because you have um, and because you have um, Kamala Harris as the vice president, that even complicates things even more. And um, John Beckman keeps talking about Robert Kennedy Jr. And I got to tell you, um, you might not want to sleep on him. This is Robert Kennedy Jr. right here. We actually openly go and defy this idea that we don't give Putin the fact that he is in control of a nuclear arsenal, that we want to sort of pick that fight and battle that's been going on for a long time there. And I just wondered... Uh, as president, how do you manage that? You know, Putin every day says, I want to settle the war. Let's negotiate. And Zelensky has said, we're not going to negotiate. But Zelensky didn't want to start that way. I don't want to, you know, delay the history. But Russia was invaded three times through Ukraine. The last time Hitler killed one out of every seven Russians. They don't want to have Ukraine join NATO. So when the wall came down in the Soviet Union, Europe, 
Gorbachev destroyed himself politically by doing something that was very, very courageous. He went to Bush and he said, I'm going to allow you to reunify Germany under a NATO army. I'm going to remove 450,000 Soviet troops, but I want your commitment. After that, you will not move NATO one inch to the east. And we solemnly swore we wouldn't do it. Well, then in 97, Mr. Brzezinski, who was the first of the neocons, said, we're going to move NATO a thousand miles to the east and take 15 countries into it and surround the Soviet Union. So then we not only move it into 14 new nations, but we unilaterally walk away from our two nuclear weapons treaties with the Russians. And we put Asia's missile system in Romania and Poland 12 minutes from Moscow. When Russians did that to Cuba in 62, we came this close to nuclear war until they removed them. So the Russians don't want nukes 400 miles from Moscow. We then overthrow the Ukraine government. In 2014, they're elected government and put in a Western sympathetic government. Russia then has to go into Crimea because they have a port. It's their only warm water port. And they know the new government that we just installed is going to invite the U.S. Navy into their ports. So Russia then went into Crimea without firing a shot because the people of Crimea are Russian. Then the new Ukrainian government we installed started killing ethnic Russians in Donbass and Lugansk, and they voted to leave and join Russia. Putin said, I don't want them. Let's give them protection and give them semi-autonomy and make an agreement to keep NATO out of Ukraine. That treaty was written by Germany, France, Russia, and England, the Minsk Accords. And the Ukrainian parliament, which is controlled by ultra-rightists, that's a nice way of talking about them, refused to sign it. Zelensky runs in 2019. He's an actor. Why did he get elected? To 70% of the vote? Because he promised to sign the Minsk Accords. He promised peace. He gets in there, and he pivots. Nobody can explain why, but we know why. Because he was threatened with death by ultra-rightists in his government and a withdrawal of support by the United States by Victoria Newland, who's the leading neocon in the State Department. We told him he could not sign it. So then the Russians go in. They don't send a big army. They only send 40,000 people. It's a nation of 44 million people. They clearly do not intend to conquer Ukraine. But they want us back at the negotiating we won't allow Zelensky to go back. So he goes to Israel and Turkey and says, will you please help me negotiate a treaty? The Russians just want a guarantee that Ukraine won't join NATO. Zelensky signs the treaty. Putin's people sign the treaty. And Putin starts withdrawing the Russian troops in good faith. And what happens? Joe Biden sends Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, over to Ukraine in April and forces him to tear up the treaty. And since then, 450,000 kids have died who none of them should have died. For every one Russian that dies, five to eight Ukrainians died, they don't have any men left. You know, we're giving them all these weapons, but they don't have men left. They don't have And we look kind of like the aggressor. That's the way the rest of the world sees us. Please go to Kennedy24.com. So, we, we, there you go. There you go. What do you think? And who are the ultra who are the ultra rightists that Robert F. Kennedy is talking about? The Nazi regime in Ukraine. Which is yeah, what so I've been saying for the longest. But Reese, Reese, so hearing that, 
hearing that, does that does that make you look at RFK in any kind of serious man, any kind of serious way? As a candidate, no. But that doesn't yeah. mean he's not telling the truth. He's just not my candidate. But again, he's telling the one he's one hundred percent to the letter, right? I've expressed it on this show. There are no good guys in this war. But yes, Robert um, F. Kennedy is 100%. And I totally get John Beckman's hey support of Robert hey, F. Kennedy please. because of that. He's been doing, he's been saying the same thing and trying to educate people since he started running. I mean, he's been on multiple interviews, he's had to educate the interviewer on exactly what's going on over there. It's so, yeah, isn't and, it uh, embarrassing? It's, it's, not, it's not getting a lot of attention on the mainstream media, but, yeah. Well, well remember what they're doing, Potter. What they're doing to him, Potter, is he says exactly what he just said, and then the news report from Legacy Media goes, Robert F. Kennedy was spewing more conspiracy theories. None of that is what he said is conspiracy, and it's all – you know, I said you before, right, when he points out that the Nazi regime is in charge of Zelensky's, of, of, of what's name, of, of, of Zelensky's position, right, that he is run by the Nazis. What did, um, what did the New York Times say? Putin's aggression towards Ukraine about Nazis is nonsense. But then people went back in 2014 and showed the New York Times article that says, you know, Ukraine's Nazi problem. So it's not like they don't know. Uh, B. Henderson said, by what he's saying now, we know why Biden keeps sending money and weaponry to them. Um, but Gregory Beasley said, you sound pro-Russian. No, see, you, and you see, that's the whole point, right? If you, if you don't stand by Zelensky, the argument always becomes you're pro-Russian. That's, that's the ad hominem attack. Right, because you can, you're only allowed to lean one way. So Putin, everything Robert F. Robert Kennedy said, you promised that you would never bring NATO to my border. Did we apply? Did we apply by those rules? No, we didn't. And well, everybody I mean, here's the crazy time, part. I mean, because we're white. No, but that's, you're about to say what well, I was about to say, JT. That's the thing. No, that's yeah, the. You're you know, making my so point. Instead of calling, instead of calling Indian givers. You got to call it white man givers because white men yes, exactly. give you something and then take that shit right back. So, and they put that on right. the Indians. They took all of, every treaty they ever did with the natives to the land that they called Indians. They took them back, no matter what treaty yep. it was. And every time they do, and that's the crazy they, part. White man, America is white man givers. And that's the crazy part, J. King, because here it is. In one breath, that person who said you sound like a, 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 a Russia supporter, you're the same person, whoever it was who said that, you're the same person that says you can't trust the United States government. But you seem to be very that's trusting cool. of them today. That's a great piece. Yeah, it's like, so which is it? The United States is telling the truth? Uh, no, John Beckman, you're a white a man. You what, John, you're the white man that you – if you give somebody something, you want everybody to know. Dave, that's not true. Speaking of, By the speaking way, John of, wants speaking to of giving back some, <laughs> Speaking of giving somebody something, Jay, I need to send you my address so you can send me the uh, the hoodie that John Beckman bought for me. Okay. Yeah. 
John Beckman ain't bought nothing. I, I, yes, he did. He bought it for you. I ain't gonna lie. Wherever it's coming from, thank you to whoever it is. No, he did. No, John Beckman did. He bought it. I, I, I'm just giving. Him I just, time. I just don't understand why. Like we had that discussion about uh, about climate change last weekend, and I'm like, in one breath, everyone's like, you can't trust the government, and the second breath, they're going, yeah, but we can about this. No, you can't trust them about anything. Well, because no, because we, because you can trust. You, you you might not be able to trust the government about everything. Just like can't trust you about everything, especially the information you bring. But there are certain don't things make it you about me. Well, guess I'm what? Saying I'm saying that no, you can't I'm say. I'm no, no. We're just, don't make it about me. We're talking about the government. You're going to sit up here and tell me, Jay King, that we're supposed to agree with some of the stuff government's saying, or just hold them to? I say trust but verify. How about that? Well, yeah, but same with you. We got to trust. No, no. Stop making it about me. I'm not the criteria. I'm just saying. Um, I think your problem uh, is, Bernard, here's the problem. Bernard I think Wilson that when you can't make an argument, John you throw Beckman it towards me. He's a megaphone giver. <laughs> John Beckman said, I'm a peckerwood giver, goddammit. No, you are a megaphone giver. I like that, um, uh, Bernard, because if John Beckman gives you something, he is going to get on the megaphone. And he's going to find the a Jay, way to Jay, talk about what he gave. Jay King, let me say it to you this way. The, way, the same way you say the police need to be held to a higher court, the government needs to be held to a higher court. Don't compare them to me. I'm not the government. I ain't in charge of yeah, nobody's I'm, life. I'm, the I'm government, you said the government, and I quote, the government is in charge of keeping you alive, right? Um, D. Deluxe said, by the way, that John Beckman get paid back. John Beckman, what, nobody took nothing from me. John Beckman didn't give me anything, G. Deluxe, G. Deluxe whoever G. Lux is, um, John Beckman uh, wanted me to go to a hockey game with him. I came back from South Africa. I didn't make it. And I offered to, te- to pay for the ticket because and somebody else used the ticket. So, But I offered to because I felt bad. But then John Beckman, I caught John Beckman on one of the shows saying, yeah, you know, Jay owes me this money. Now the motherfucker got to wait. And so, no, he hasn't. He hasn't gotten it back. He, but By the way, Kimberly Virgil, pay, Kimberly Virgil, pay close attention to what Jay King just said. Gregory Beasley okay. said, it's not an all or nothing proposition. The government is right on some things and wrong on others. The difference between Kimberly Name. Virgil and the difference between Kimberly Virgil and John Beckman, Reese, is I didn't owe John anything. You owed Kimberly uh, Virgil. I didn't actually I didn't owe Kimberly that's not true either, JK. I didn't owe her anything. Sorry. I offered. And then she was talking shit. I offered. I didn't owe her anything. I offered it. Okay. It's the exact same thing. Your memory doesn't serve you well, but that's okay. Good morning. Oh, that is, oh. yeah. And so yeah, I no, offered it, see, and then she came on, I, and then uh, she went over to in the morning, and oh, said, shit. And I didn't see your eyes poked out. No, you didn't see my eyes poked out because I didn't give him that money. The only way you would have saw my <laughs> eyes poked out is if I had given him that money. Then for sure you would have known I gave it to him because my eyes would have been poked out. So we're talking about Ukraine, and this is Martin Luther King 
uh, day. Um, can I read something from one of his speeches about war? That I think yeah. is prophetic. While the anti-poverty... John Beckman says, my fellow Peckerwood, Reese, we both are owed everything. <laughs> John Beckman, Go ahead, when you, you calling Reese a Peckerwood just made his day. <laughs> Jay King, please stop pretending you know me. When you open your mouth, you prove you don't. Go ahead, please, Potter. Okay, so he says this is about the Vietnam War. While the anti-poverty program is cautiously initiated and zealously supervised, billions are liberally expended for this ill-considered war. The recently revealed misestimate of the war budget amounts to tens of billions of dollars for a single year. This era alone is more than five times the amount committed to anti-poverty programs. The security we profess to seek in foreign adventures, we will lose in our decaying city. The bombs in Vietnam explode at home. They destroy the hopes and possibilities for a decent America. Does that still apply today with conflicts like Ukraine and sending billions and billions over to Ukraine? Not particularly, because the amount of money spent on poverty in the United States has been exponentially high. We've spent over $52 trillion since the war on poverty, and poverty has remained at a standstill. I have the charts. It's remained at a standstill uh, over the same amount of time in which we spend more and more money. So I think it has more to do with allocation than application. I think, I, think, um, I don't know if there's really been a war on poverty. And the reason I say yes, that sure is, is. I, don't see, I, don't, I don't see that there is any evidence. Like, for example... You know that the uh, the migrants that are in New York, they're, they're talking about giving them free housing, building free housing for them in Connecticut somewhere or something. Well aware of it. Mm-hmm. And they can solve that probably problem pretty quickly. When Xi Jinping comes to San Francisco, they can clear up the streets and, and get people more food. Yeah, and, but they're not, but they're not really they're quickly. But all they're doing is clearing up the streets. Nothing is cleaned up. Nothing is fixed. It's like somebody coming to your house. And you sweep and dust under the rug. The dust is still yeah, in the house. Yeah, the house I agree. I agree, Jay. I agree, Jay. So I don't think that I don't know if anything has actually been done with all those trillions of dollars, Reese. Like I don't. Hey, oh no, that's what I just said. If you, you had, any homeless did you hear what I just said? Guys. Hold on, you guys. One second. John Beckman would like me to ask Kylie a question um, because John Beckman, he's got to get his in there. Is Ali still here? Ali is gone, John. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Say that there's white privilege. Say that there's white privilege so that you can contribute to it. (laughs) Well, uh, Reese, anything that affiliates you with white, you... uh, No, no, sir. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. John Beckman has something to say, so you stop the show so he can exert his white privilege. that attributes you to whiteness, your, your, post, your, your chest post no, problem. No, 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 no. Maybe you didn't hear what I just said. John Beckman interrupted the show so that you can apply no, his white no, privilege? No, no, that has nothing to do with white privilege. That um, has everything to do with, as you guys know, on this show, when people type something, I read it before it goes away. By the way, Jenna Marie said that's Bumpy Johnson, Lucas, and them, all that goddamn heroin. Um, 
John Beckman said, Jay, can you please ask Ali if he still wants those Dallas Cowboy sneakers? I'm about to hit the send button on them, but wanted to know for sure. Thanks. Uh, that's that's that megaphone given that um, yeah. um, Bernard Thank Middlebrook you. was talking about. 13 uh, seconds, said, we'll never get back. I back, brother. <laughs> your white privilege is always good with me. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, my point, what I was trying to say to Potter was, listen, allocation and application play a huge role in the war on poverty. Again, you've got bureaucrats in charge of it, and the worst thing you want is a bureaucrat in charge of it. Government-controlled war on poverty, never, it's like the war on drugs. If you, but think about everything the government has a war against and how they, have they been able to execute it? No. No, they've not been able well, to win any wars, well, not well, since Vietnam. All, everybody knows, well, everybody knows, Reese, that when, when they, those things are just games to play, pay people they owe to, um, but it's never to, it's never to stop any of it. Exactly. That's not the, hence the bureaucracy. The yeah. Jay, right. what? What what is the dollar amount that makes the poverty stricken in the United States? Greece, what is what? The dollar amount what that is the makes what? you. But he, anybody can pass it on to him. To he wants him. to he wants to know what the median income that is the poverty level. Right. Um, I think it's twenty thousand. Well, according to what. I think it's under. I think if you make under forty thousand dollars a year, come on, Rusty B. I think you you you're at poverty. But that's just me. Um, um, I think if you can't, it's hard to function. It's hard to function um, here in California. Forty thousand dollars a year before taxes. Um, has to be the poverty level. In San Francisco, you made $117,000 a year or less, you are at poverty. But, re- but remember why that, that gauge is different. If you are $40,000 a year by yourself. What is your take, Reese? The question is for Reese. Uh, you're always talking about uh, government assistance. Uh, we're trying to live off of government assistance and letting the government bail us out. What do you? What, what's your take on that? If it's only forty thousand dollars, and you know that most of Americans don't make forty thousand dollars. Yeah, most Americans don't. I think the median income would have to be in order for somebody to survive outside of any of the major cities. It would be forty-eight to fifty-two thousand dollars. Well, a year, but even with that, in California, in California, if an individual makes less than forty-seven thousand five hundred and twenty dollars a year, or if a family of four earns ninety-seven thousand two hundred dollars per year then they qualify for government assistance based on their income. Thank you. Hey, Jay, I have a question. Uh-huh. If, uh, if somebody says, 
okay, Jay, you're talking a lot about poverty. You have a lot of good ideas. How about we take half a billion dollars and give give it to you to help solve some of the poverty problems in Sacramento? What do you think you could do with that money? Do you Nothing. think that you could make a dent? Nothing? Nothing. Not a It's a half a billion dollars. It's $500 million. 35% of Californians are at or below the poverty level. That's I mean, just for Sacramento. Just for Sacramento. A half a billion or a half a million? A half a billion, 500 million. For Sacramento? For Sacramento. That's not enough money, man. Yeah, no, that is a lot. That's a lot of money. And um, um, I would have that to sit would, down and you, it's not something you could just rattle off the top of your head. And I think that's what happens is people hear about the money and they go rattling off the top of their head what they can do without giving it any real thought. And we have to take some real thought. The idea is to not take the money and spend it all on helping people. The idea is to take the money and teach the money how to continue to grow so you can continuously help people, but they can only come back to the well so many times. Because if you make it where they can just keep coming back, you don't help them, you hurt them. You start to handicap them. Because now they have a need system. But if you say, yo, um, for these three months, I'm going to pay 80% of your rent. For these next three months, I'm going to pay 60% of your rent. For the next three months, I'm going to pay 40% of your rent. For the next three months, I'm going to pay 20% of your rent. I paid a portion of your rent for one year. You can't come back. And I believe, in, 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 but the only way I pay it is if you get into a class where you can prove that you're saving money, that when we're going through your process, to, we're going to see where your waste is. So now you, can, you can't buy weed every day. You can't, you can't get your drinky drink. You can't get your party on. Now I'm going to teach you how to be responsible for yourself and how I can help you save those three or $400. But I'm not going to make it where you can keep coming back to me. I'm going to make it where you start to rely on you. And I think a lot of the programs that we make, we just tell people, come and get it. It's here. Come and get it. And then people come and get it. And then we get mad at people when they, when they say, yo, when you got some more coming. And then you say, well, you know what, you greedy. No, motherfucker, you the one who told me to come and get it. Good morning, Miss James. Yeah, but, Jay, you just get off the top of your head, you just gave a good foundation for the start of, look, of getting, yeah, but, looking but at the problem. But now, but, but you have to start. All I'm saying is, is, is there a way to do it? Absolutely. But you got to be. Yeah, you get into the you, details you gotta yeah, a, later. Yeah. Hey, Erica, good morning. Hey, Rusty B. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's I think that's a good foundation for looking at the problem. I mean, that's okay. a good. Three. You know what I mean? I, I mean. I have a question for Reese. Um, so, so let me so let me just say this to you, um, Snitchy Smurf, because Snitchy Smurf said newer calculation. Um, so that's the federal poverty guidelines, not for yeah. California, but us he nationwide. Ask, he didn't ask for huh? California. He, King Fred no, didn't ask for um, California. So I gave him the federal numbers. So I'm not disagreeing. I understand that. So I'm just telling you that I gave California numbers. Nationwide, the number becomes smaller because the cost of living in other parts of the United States aren't as high as they are here in California. So nationwide, the poverty level is 14,891. So I just want you guys to smoke on this thing for a minute. The poverty level in California is three times greater plus than the federal because of the cost of living here in this state. And a family of four at $29,960 at poverty in California is $97,000, almost four times as much. That's how, that's how expensive it is to live in California. But you also got to know that California is the fourth largest economy in the world. And if there's ever an opportunity to change your life and you have any kind of gumption about you, <laughs> California is the place to make it happen. I love it. Don't give up your residency when you have these brain storms and you move to Vegas and you move to Texas. If possible, if possible, try to keep your residency in California. And at no cost, wrong word. Well, uh, you don't want your residency in California because you got to pay taxes yeah. where your residency is. Yeah, you got to pay taxes well, on when, that. when you live below poverty level, do your research. You become un. Collectible, you become uncollectible status. You are poverty fucking stricken. It opens up rules. It opens up doors. You're looking at a living witness. But continue on. I have a question for Reese. Reese, people that living below poverty levels and they reach out and they get government assistance. What is your take on that? Move on. Put himself on mute. Right, we can move on. Go ahead, Jay. Jay, you want to know what I learned last night listening to WABC Radio in New York City? Because there was this guy, uh, uh, his name is Dominic Carter. He's got a talk show, and he was talking to the the head of the uh, FDNY EMS, uh, I guess the people that work for EMS for New York City, the people Mm -hmm. that ride around in ambulances and you know, help people. 
their starting salary is $39,000 a year. And it was just incredible to learn that because these are people here trying to help your lives. And they only make 39. They can't even live in New York City on that salary. Are you talking about I mean, uh, Beckman? I'm sorry, what? Are you talking about EMTs, emergency respond folks? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the emergency so, services. The, the, they're like doc, you know, They're like uh, people that scoop you up at accident scenes. You know, yeah, people so that you help call you. an ambulance and they come and get you. Yeah, it's EMTs. So, Beckman, okay. he, here's, here, here's another interesting fact about New York City or about New York. If you go to find an apartment, you have to pay a – it's not a realtor fee. It's some other kind of fee. So you have to pay that fee, plus you have to pay you, – you'd be looking at – you'd have to have at least six to $7,000 to move into a decent place up front in New York City. Yeah, because I mean, that's ridiculous. That's how expensive it is to live there. And all of those people get paid minimal money, teachers, EMTs. If you're doing something good for someone, you're not making any money. In the words of Gordon Gecko, that's why greed, for the lack of a better word, is good. It's good. <laughs> no, greed is not good. Yes, it is. No, it's not. How, how According to you. Anyways, Jay, my street name today is Megaphone. I like that. That was good. So uh, everybody call me Megaphone too. So so anyways, when I was in the Reese, why why is greed good to you? It apparently is, if you really think about it. What do you think it is when socialists ask for rich people's money without earning it? That's greed. Right. No, that's not that's not called wealth distribution. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that taxing wealthy people to give that money to others who have not earned it is not a form of greed? No, it's not a form of greed. If it's a, if it's a, uh, that's a form of government. If that's the way, if that's the way, so that's the form of government. So if that's the way that Mm. government operates. Uh, no, no, what about the people who advocate for their government? About, I'm not talking about what well, no, I'm government. talking about here. I'm talking about here in this country. You have yes, people. Jay, I'm saying if you have people who are saying they want to lobby the government to take other people's wealth, that's a form of greed. So that, that's, not what they, that's not what they're doing. They're lobbying the government to make wealthy people pay, uh, pay their fair share of taxes. Yeah, to have, As to, you have know, one tax pay, um, to have one taxpayer pay another. Okay, so what is their right, fair because, share? For every dollar well, because, that a rich person has, what should they pay? Trump, if you look at Donald Trump taxes, Donald Trump didn't pay taxes. He used a lot of write-offs. He didn't pay taxes. So you got regular folks okay. who are struggling every day paying taxes, and you got Donald Trump who gets on television or radio and says, I'm a billionaire. Everyone knows it. 
I've lived, I've been rich my whole life. I'm sorry, I used the system, the system that everyone knows that exists. Everyone with money, we all use it. Don't, send, don't single me out. If you don't like the system, change it, but you won't change it. Because if you change it, your friends won't support you. Well, Jay, that's being smart. You're, you're mm-hmm. taking advantage of the tax laws. So don't mean to be not greedy. That's okay, why your dumb ass time, don't need And I put me to dumb ass on you just because I, I know he thinks like you. Can I say something yeah. to that? So, so Beckman, yeah. to what Beckman said, that's being smart. Okay, but necessarily it's being smart. Like I can kind of get what you're saying, but not everybody knows about these loopholes. Not everybody no, is, no, no, um, is Mary, in that world it don't apply or to educated everybody. like that. It don't apply to right, everybody, it Mary. Apply to everybody. It only applies to the rich. And what's happened is rich people have written tax codes and loopholes for them. To help themselves. And that's greed. Yeah. And that's greed. Yeah. And that's what greed is. I agree with you. But, Jay, okay, that's can I ask a question? Set those. If, listen, if it's not greed, tell me this, Jay. And I'm not saying you're of this ilk, but answer the question if you can or have somebody else to answer it. For every dollar that a billionaire makes, how much of it should be taxed? Every dollar. Should it be 10 cents? Should it be 50 cents? Should it be 90 cents for every dollar? I think personally, I believe that there should be one tax, period. And the tax should be a 10% tax to everybody. So You're, you're you saying earn, a flat tax. If, if you earn $100,000 a year, then you're going to pay $10,000 in taxes. If you if you earn thirty thousand dollars a year, then you're gonna pay three thousand dollars in taxes. If you earn a hundred million dollars a year, then you're gonna pay ten million dollars in taxes. If you earn a billion dollars a year, then you're gonna pay a um, hundred million dollars in taxes. If you pay, if you make five hundred million dollars a year, you're gonna pay five hundred million dollars in taxes. And if you Jay, you're that, giving the billionaires a break. He is giving the what? billionaires a break. He, you're giving the that's, billionaires no, a break. No, because billionaires are not paying taxes, John. Billionaires are not paying taxes. But at the same time, I think what Jay is saying that as you make the tax flat, you have to take away a lot of the the, the loopholes. The loopholes. And change the law so they can't, and they can't right. of the deductions. But wait a minute, right. even with the loopholes, Potter, set by the government. Potter, even with the, Potter, even with the loopholes, the facts remain the facts. The top 2% earners in the United States pay close to 50% of all taxes. So how do they not right. pay I think, their I share? Think, I think, I think no, no, hold on, Reed. Is that is what Jay just said, is that fairer or no? No, 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 100% no. And again, what he just said First was all, the richest people spend ten, are, listen, ten cents of, of every dollar. People, there are a lot of rich people that pay no taxes. So what it would do, Reese, is it would take it would take the pressure off of those few that are paying a lot, because now the others that are in their in, in their financial group that have bypassed, sidestepped. And swindle paying taxes. Okay. Now they're able. Now they have to. That's all. Okay. Um, so but there Jay, are people who believe that the wealthiest. 
But but I think that's fair. My name is Jay What's King. Not fair about Oliver, Johnny Brown, Tucker Davis, Yusef Kente, Brother Reverend Ali, Simi Braxton, and Reese on the radio. Uh, 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 Potter, uh, uh, Fred, Big Fred, Megaphone uh, Beckman, Mary Hopkins, Hitchy Smurfs, and Megaphone Beckman telling you to get busy living because you don't have enough time to die. We'll see you guys tomorrow, same bad time, same bad channel. If you want to continue to listen, you can call 515-605-9376. Mm-hmm. 515-605-9376 for the third hour of power. The J King Network, where the people come together. The J King Network, where the people come together. The J King Network, where the people come together. come together. about 10% because both you and I are in the tax bracket of 29% or higher. So yeah, I would be, I would be, you know, uh, appreciative of only having to pay 10% versus 29% or even 39%. But it makes no sense. And I'll tell you why, because again, if you start making everybody, and I mean everybody, people who live below the poverty line pay 10% of their salary when now they pay zero, right? Because that's the yeah, part that's, that people that's, keep forgetting. That's, that's hurting them. That's right. You hurt them because everybody's talking about a flat tax, and you never, no one ever mentions the dirty little secret that the flat tax means even those who don't pay their taxes are now paying taxes. And what happens is they immediately get off the tax rolls and get on the welfare rolls. Now, they don't admit that, but it's a fact, Okay. 50, more than 50% of the poverty pays zero taxes. Right. And that's the reason why, why is because they work tax, in reality. That's right. They tax the rich out the ass because, again, the top 2% of the whole country, which is less than 150,000 people, okay, less than 150,000 people. 150 million. Yeah, sorry, 150 million, right, 150 million. Less than no, no. Actually, the like the top two percent is less than that. It's like one point five million. Okay. Those people pay more than fifty percent of all taxes. But but you know how but, much but like they but Reece, Do you know how much like tax revenue we pull in every year? There's a lot of those. Do you know how much tax revenue we pull in every year? Do you know how much tax revenue we pull in every year? Breathe. Over Breathe. four over four trillion dollars of tax revenue so why, the government so pulls in every you, year. So 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 if they pay a, so okay. So if they pay lower, then what's your problem? My point is you don't want to tax the rich. That in and of itself is but greed. You already said that they were taxed. They said ten yes, percent, which is lower than what they which is lower than what they pay now, so 
What? I don't understand. Actually, I don't get actually no, 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 no. You no. Actually, you just you, said they pay fifty percent of all the taxes. Yes, they do pay fifty percent. Well, they pay because because they. Do you know what their tax rate is? Do you know what their tax rate is? What's their tax rate? Okay, their tax rate at this point is well over thirty-four percent. That's well, their tax rate. Also, now you're saying that they I think it's closer that? to thirty-nine percent. Reese, you're not making any yeah, sense. It, it was that high under Obama. Is that? Yo, so now you're saying they shouldn't lower? First, you said they paid no, too much. No, 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 no. Now you're saying they should no, no, no. lower. What I'm saying is, first, okay, first of all, you want the highest earners to pay less tax because they spend more money. They need more discernible income, and well, they need I more ability to. Is less money. They're, they're paying less. They're paying less in taxes. So what's again, the once you listen, because again, you're lowering theirs to ten percent. But you're making the poorest pay ten percent. Oh, you're worried eventually, about the poor now. I'm worried hold about on, the poor. Hold on, okay. Hopkins. Hold on, hold oh, okay. on. Okay. I'd rather pay ten percent than what I'm paying now. Well, I'll actually, you're not at the flat. you're not at you're not at poverty level yet. Well, well, people who are at the poverty level are not going to pay either way. But see, anybody who's above the poverty level, whatever that is has to pay this amount. Imagine so I, if I really, your so imagine if your welfare is, check was taxed. It, it, no, imagine if your welfare check was taxed. I said people above the poverty level, just like now, have to pay. Everybody has to pay. Everybody above the poverty level has to pay the same amount. I think that's fair. And that that keeps people from who are dodging taxes from dodging taxes, trying to change the tax law, take take away those deductions, and everybody's cool. I'm asking a question because I don't know. Uh, people on welfare don't pay taxes, Reese. People on welfare? Hell or no! You can't pay no taxes. You can't you can't pay taxes on something that's subsidized from the government. Well, no, they the, don't have to pay no taxes. Well, they don't pay. Okay, you're on welfare. Check this out, y'all. If you're on mm-hmm. welfare, that, 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 that the man that had them babies, he has to pay child support and he has to pay uh, uh, tax, uh, 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 file taxes, right? That's, that's assuming no, that's that every you, person on welfare. Huh? That's assuming every that's person who's on welfare is in that position. Exactly. That's presuming that every person who's on welfare is under that circumstance. They're not. So you're taking and one anecdotal are, thing and applying it across the board. Are. Exactly. If I'm pregnant and I'm on welfare and I got a baby daddy, I'm not going to tell the hospital. I'm going to say I don't know who the daddy is because no. I'm going to want to get. I'm going to want to keep getting my fucking welfare because if I tell them who it is and the daddy has to pay child support, they're going to cut off my welfare. Well, they're going to cut it down. It's a That's game. right, because you're being yeah. subsidized. You're being yeah, subsidized. It's a game. Wow. Again, Reed, aside from the poor issue, which I think which, which I think, you, you can kind of keep it the same over a certain level. Under a certain level, they don't have to pay. But I just think there's more fair. Now, will it work? I don't know. But I just think it's more fair. Fair is subjective, Potter. Unfortunately, and that's why I keep trying to explain to people. There is subjective, but what do we do for the greater good of all people? 
That's the key. I, that I, is the I, point. I, I would, I, again, and I, and I tried to explain it, and I'll explain it again. You need to lower taxes for the wealthiest of us. Why? Everybody says, well, if you lower their taxes. That's what we just said, though, Reed. This lowers no, the taxes it, for the wealthy. No. You just said no, that the wealthy right. Potter, Potter, and we're stop interrupting. Potter, Potter, you have to, first of all, the government is lowering the taxes. Under your scenario, the, the government is lowering the taxes and saying everybody pays 10%. Okay, there is no such thing as everybody plays, pays 10% because if you're poor, you have no 10% to we, give. We said above, above the poverty line. Okay, no, no, no. But remember, it still means that the large swath of people pay nothing and they don't get their tax revenue. So here's what I'm suggesting, right? You lower the tax rev- rate on the wealthiest. Leave everybody else at a flat tax, but lower the rates on the wealthiest. The reason why is because you need them to expand. Two things you need the wealthy in this country to do. Have a disposable income. Why? Because they go on trips, they go on vacation, and they pay for the rest of us to have jobs, like working in hotels, right. working the, in the, the service the industry. They're the job creators. See, that's what the wealthiest here are. They're the job creators. They don't have to own a business. They just have to have a disposable income to create jobs for those of them who are going to serve them on hand and foot. So that's why you lower their tax rate. They go on vacation more. They buy things that have to be manufactured. They create jobs, right? So that's the reason why you do it. You need a wealthy populace in order for them to spend money. So it's not about putting in a flat tax because the one thing you don't want, right, you don't want the wealthy not spending anything. They won't bother. They won't bother. And the people who need the job the most, will either not join the workforce or go on subsidized living. It's just the way that the free market works. And that's one of the so things, Ryan, the lower, is, lower, their, lower the wealthy Ron tax rate below mine. Okay, I get you. Ron DeSantis <clears> said in the last uh, debate he wanted a flat tax, and that was his demise. It sounds yeah. good on the surface, but it, in reality it won't work. Exactly. It's all about It's just the same thing when I say greed is good. People go, but no, greed is associated with bad things. No, it is not. Greed is associated with your perception of greed. Because guess what? When it's greed on the other side, taking from the rich, they don't have a problem with it. Because it's the pure definition when you take other people's stuff you haven't earned. That's greed. Well, hold on. No. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you see people, wait, wait, wait. When you see, wait, wait. When you see people, Hopkins, Hopkins, yeah. I'm listening for one second. I'm listening. I don't think is that what you called them at home, Mary? You didn't call Reese Reese at home. You called him Hopkins. I've always called him Hopkins, uh, Beckman. Okay, get out of my face for a second, white man. (laughs) White people are so fucking nosy, man. Um, didn't you learn enough last week about our, about, you know, sexual shit? I mean, it wasn't that enough. Hold on to that. Come on, come on. Don't lose your train of thought. Continue. Yeah, <laughs> Greed ahead, is not, uh, okay, 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 Cracker Jacka. Greed, greed does not mean taking other people's shit. 
What does it mean? That, that's not what greed means. Greed is greed. What does it mean? Greed is be, you can be greedy with your own shit. Okay. Greed is taking other people's stuff. No, it's the not. Definition. Listen. No, no, no. The greedy, listen, greedy and greed in essence is wanting more for yourself than anyone else. And when you want other people's stuff, right, you think about it. When you heard the story about those people looting in Ferguson, what did the young lady from Black Lives Matter say? She said these people have insurance. And she right. believed that them taking stuff was a form of reparations. Right. So taking right. Oh, taking no, you can't private, 100% say her thinking. You can't say. That was the ignorant no, 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 you know, no, no, no. I don't think that was third, old man. I mean, that's not right, the way people what, think. What I'm saying, I hold on. This is what I'm saying. That, that was a Chicago. private... Listen, listen, she, she was talking about a private industry that did nothing to her, but because it's an industry that they could take from, they figured you have more of it. You can, you, you can deal with losing some of it, right? Because you have more. Of greed, the definition yes. of that greed is. is an intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, food, or power. So mm-hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that you are, have this incessant need or intense need for someone else's shit. You can just be a greedy motherfucker. You, you, okay, just like you would go and out, I'll be honest with you, out, the, you power, the power worries me the most. And I didn't pay for anything. You know why? Because I was a greedy bitch. Mm. And to add to I that, it says a selfish and excessive desire for more of something such as money Thank you. more than what is needed. Um, and also Thank says scavenging and, hoarding, scavenging and hoarding of, um, of materials or objects is considered greed. Uh, theft and robbery also considered greed, especially by means of violence, trickery, manipulation of authority. Uh, excuse me. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. thank you for defining greed in the same way I just did when I said that people want something that isn't theirs that they didn't just fully earn. Because you are wealthy, you want to take more of their tax dollars to serve yourself is a form of greed, right? If I look at Jeff Bezos and I say Jeff Bezos is worth, you know, $82 billion, he should spread some of the wealth around to the rest of us. What have you done to earn part of that $82 billion? Nothing. To suggest that you get it just because he has more of it and you don't, that's greed. And according to I most people... Keep, I just want to keep my own money. I just want to keep the money what, that I earn. I don't give a fuck about so, anybody else's right. money. I know I'm that, taking, again, again, I'm folks... I'm taking 25 to 30% of the money that I earn every fucking week that I put my fucking right. time in and my hours on to earn. Right. I don't want the government... And guess what, and guess what the government is doing with your money? And guess what the government's doing to your money, right? They take your tax dollars. If you earn more of it, you pay a higher tax rate, and then they do it and spread it around to which they want. That's also a form of greed. Hey, Mary, you don't know. You no longer make fifty thousand dollars. You make a hundred thousand dollars. So we want more of that because you worked harder for it, and now we're going to distribute it at our own uh, uh, in any way we see fit. That's a form of greed. Yep. So when people tell me that greed isn't good, I go stop lying because you have a, you don't have a problem with it when it's not you getting taken from. It's just the method. It's, it's, it's what drives you. 
after the grief. But Mary, I think yeah. we, we, but we all signed on to this. We didn't know what we were signing on to. We signed on to the national debt. So they're spending like no tomorrow. We signed on to it. And they're saying you signed the contract. When we got that Social Security number, we signed the contract. Or we agreed to it, especially but, when we got to a certain age, and now we're on the hook for the national debt. Yeah, but you're on the hook for the national debt. You want to know why? Because you keep because you, you keep saying no. Because because you keep saying we need to help the poor, and then we go wait a minute. But we need to get the poor to be able to help themselves. That's, and you go, but they can't. You, you're but they can't help as themselves. Soon as, you, as soon as you sign on, as soon as you get a social security number, you signed on to the national debt. Well, that much you I know. But again, remember when you, you sign off, listen to me. You're going to be on the hook for the national debt, no matter how much. And the when country you, is broke. They're never they going to collect, credit. by the way. It has great They're never going to collect. But it's broke. I know, but hey, it's pa- broke. Party, but, let me ask you a question. Know. Because you, you, uh, you're a U.S. resident but work in Canada. Are you double taxed for working in another country but yet being paid I, 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 from I, an American I'm company? Gonna fifth, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one, John. <laughs> but, yes, I would have to be double taxed. I was, here's okay. here's, here's the point yeah. about all of that is That's a double tax. We have the greatest economy operation in world to, known to man. Unfortunately, we have powers that be in this country that believe in a socialism type fast of a form of government that takes all the control from the people and gives it to the government. The only way we yeah. handle a national debt is if we get poor people out fending for themselves and get over this so-called altruistic idea that we need to subsidize their lives. I, I because you have too many people. Re, re, it would be great if we can get them to that point. And I, and I believe everyone should get to that point. I'm, I'm 100% for that, right? Um, unfortunately, we're in such a hole that it's going to be a process to do so, <laughs> right? So – a lot of it is going to have to be education. Um, if, I, if I had been taught what I should have been taught while I was in high school and middle school, I'd be a lot further ahead. So I think, um, I think education is, is, is just a really big part of it. And why the does right the hole seem to get bigger and never smaller? I agree. Because, because the more... They want more and more people on the dole, and more and more people are falling into the trap. You know, Mary, you remember this, right? Tom Millsap, the guy who used to be the head of agriculture under the Barack Obama administration. Tom Millsap was on MSNBC back in 2011, and one of the anchors or one of the reporters asked Tom Millsap, we have 74 million people in the country on food stamps. What's this administration doing to mitigate the growing number of people on food stamps? The agriculture secretary said afterwards, we're doing more to get more people on it. Yes, we did a, we did a whole story. We did a whole story about that. And so, so here you have, again, remember, Barack Obama, greatest fucking president that ever lived had an agriculture department who said 74 million people on the government dole wasn't enough. So, he st- so they started a campaign in the three biggest states, California, Texas, and Florida, to get more people on food stamps. 
So when you have a, you have literally have an operation inside our government working to undermine capitalism, what do you think you're going to get? You're going to get more in debt. And, debt, and, and, I, debt. and I don't think I, I don't think they're necessarily. Uh, well, first of all, we, the United States is not a true capitalist system. It's a hybrid system. Um, in every sense. Of That's true. I agree. I agree. Um, but 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 <laughs> I think the problem. See, is <laughs> see, there's public and there's private. And I think what's one of the things that a lot of people, including myself, don't have a good grasp on, as far as the legal definitions are concerned, is public and there's private. So you think of private, you think of Amish people, as an example. That's why they can't tax them, because they're totally in the private. They haven't signed the contract that we signed. So we're on the hook. Amish people haven't you know, signed when, when I think of public but, but, versus but private. at the same time, they don't get the benefits and privileges of signing the contract. So that's kind of the double-edged sword. If you're more self-sufficient, then the less you're tied to the system. Um, so it, it's Listen, really you want more wealth in a You want more wealth in a society. You want more self-sufficiency in a society. You want more people working to earn theirs. You have to get people off the government teeth. Because if you don't, you, when you grow government and you grow government dependent, that means that more and more people will make a decision about what they do. And that is they will either leave this society or it's, you know, I tell you, if you want to read one book, Potter, you, I'm sure you've read it. Read Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. That's all you need to know about where we are today. Read Atlas I think Shrugged. what happens if, is, it's, but it's the education reason because you don't teach the young people that there is a way where they can be successful. You know, teach them about money and credit and, and how it actually really works and and all of that stuff. If you don't teach them, then it's I mean it's just a moot point because they're going to continue to do what we did. They're going to go headfirst into the system, contract with the system, and then just try to muddle our way to, through until we can learn enough to kind of find our way out a little bit, right? Um, they're just going to muddle through, just like we did. It's like There yeah. has to be a, a, a significant shift in knowledge to the younger generation, so they say, you know, and, you know, to give them some credit, they've been finding ways to do things. They're on YouTube making, they're on TikTok making money. I mean, young people are making money. I mean, money. <laughs> I mean, they are making money. They're making buku money. They're on OnlyFans making money. They're making money. Yeah, they're, they're, they're finding a way, but it would be well, much people better don't for go them into business we're educated. Money. Right? People don't, like, people don't go into business. There needs to be an education system that gives people them the tips and tricks. Way? People do not go into business not to make money. No, but what we're saying is that the young people, despite this horrible, edu- you know, the, well, subpar education that a lot of young people are getting, and I believe a lot, a lot of it, most of it is subpar because it has nothing to do with where we're going as an economy. Um, a lot of the stuff that they're learning is just it's not going to help them. A lot of the stuff that they should yeah, be they're learning, learning is really going to help Kids are going to school. Learn. Kids are going to school for liberal arts. They're not going in for education. When you have places like Oregon and Baltimore now removing standardized testing as a requirement to graduate, 
and they're spending more time talking about LGBTQ history and making that yeah, a part of the curriculum. You're, you're, it's a liberal you're arts capitulating. Right, you're capitulating. Yeah. Well, that, the whole well, thing is ridiculous. Is, aside from the core courses, outside of the core courses, that you have to be taught how this system works and how to benefit from it. Or another thing that they're teaching. It, the other thing that they're teaching is, see, that's the other part. When they go to higher education, right, now they're college professors. They're not teaching them about how our system works. They're telling people why the system is wrong. Right, and, they, and, why you now, feel, if you go to, and why you should feel a certain way. Exactly. But right now you have more college professors teaching Keynesian economics than they are capitalism. I, I, I personally believe that, First of all, those two those terms are so they bastardize these terms so much, and they've changed so much they're almost meaningless. Socialism, capitalism—they, I mean, they've been politicized so much. It's like, where is the true meaning in it? So, so I personally think, and it's kind of a radical thought. I think we need a new way of doing business. I think we need a new way of governing. I think we. I think we need. We've had those and, old and Potter, systems. Potter, and we, Potter, Potter, and we think, Potter. Can Potter. I finish, John? Can I finish? No, no. Can I, finish? I, want to, I, I want to know what the new way is. Okay, go ahead. Well, can you, can no, no. You I, I'm not saying. I, I personally think that what we do is we dust off these old models because that's the only thing we've been taught. And that's one, that's one area where we have not um, innovated. We've innovated in technology and other areas. We've not innovated in government, meaning coming up with another way for the modern age that works for the people. It may have some elements of, of one, maybe some elements of another or whatever, but we, I personally think we need something new. I, you know what? And Again, I completely reject that, and there's a reason why I have to, because it's almost like what they wanted to do with math. They wanted to make math Common Core, right? Common Core math was, it's a new way to do math. There's no new way to do math, dude. One and one is two. What are we, what, why are we no, trying no, to reinvent the wheel? Reese, 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 Reese. That was a political thing, and they weren't trying to figure out. Math stays the same, but they were trying to figure out, we do need a new, we may need a new way to teach it. Now, that was just a political thing, and that was weird, and I don't know where that came from, but... I'm talking about a new way, and, and teachers are, there's some innovative teachers that kind of think of a new way to teach and kind of get over to the children, um, but I'm thinking we need a new, we need something that works, that works better. You can always be more efficient. You, can you know what works better than college? Ca ca you know, capital Capitalism works, one, If you don't think of one, and it's already, I've already heard the rumblings, I heard the rumblings about a year and a half ago. If you don't think of it, there's going to be systems that think of it for you, and you're not going to like it. Listen to me. Free market, so I, listen, I, the free market society works because every other, every other society has done it a different way, and it has only benefited the wealthy or the oligarchs. This is the only one that actually turns the average citizen said, into. There needs to be something new and more efficient because even this one, you the way that it works, you don't even like the major a lot of the way that it works. Yeah, part of actually, I don't, I don't have any problem with the way that it works. Be, it needs to be 
a different a different system that's more efficient, more effective, um, that's immutable. And I think we'll get there, but it depends on who no. does it. When, they, when, the when, when they start building models, which they're already doing, when they start building models for this, and the wealthiest people are saying, yeah, we're going to go the AI route, and they're going to figure out the best way to do this, you're not going to like it. So I just think people should do it before that even comes, or people should compete for those ideas. And, and here's, a, and better, here's where, a better way to do it. There's always a better way. And here's where, and here's where the rub way. is. Potter, here's where the rub is. And, again, this is another part that I always try to tell people. First of all, not everybody is supposed to be a success. There is supposed to be failure. And in a free market society, if you come up with a good idea, you reap the reward. If you come up with a bad idea, you don't. We cannot right. mitigate yeah, winners we, and losers. We, You're mitigating winners and losers. I'm not talking about mitigating winners and losers. I'm talking about running How are you a not? system that works better. Yes, you said, what, better no, no, a system that works better, a system that works better is saying the quiet part out loud. And that is how can we get more winners? You can't mitigate that. You can't legislate it and you can't Reece, mitigate Reece, it. Reese, I said make it more efficient. I didn't say guarantee. So there so may dude, be a way efficiency to do it from, there, for what? there may be a way to do it through, like I said, first educate revamp the curriculum. Start steering kids yeah. into a direction where they can be more successful. Give them the opportunity to be successful and do it in an efficient and effective way. There's always no, no. A See, way again, to you're things. mitigating. Well, that's now you're why mitigating. we don't change the theory of learning what are you talking math. about? Well, I'll tell what, you. What, can, what, I'll explain what, to you what I mean by mitigating. See, you keep saying we need to teach kids. It's almost like what do we build the school for? The school is there. In order for it to, to work for you, you have to go. And then after you go, you actually have to apply, right? You have to apply to work. So we put the stuff there, and if you don't utilize it, it's like having a car and then wondering why you can't, you're not in California. Oh, wait, wait. It's like having a car and wondering why you're not in California. In order for you to get there, you actually have to mitigate. What's that? I'm talking about even the kids who graduate. So you're talking about kids they, who don't go. And I don't, yeah, yeah. No, and, no, 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 no. I'm using that as an example, Potter. What I'm saying is, so what if the kid graduated? If he doesn't apply what he's learned to utilize it in a way that is successful or gets him successful, then, you, you, again, it's not has nothing to do with the institution. So you're blaming the institution does, for somebody else's hard work. What, what they're learning is not adequate for the time that we're How living in. That's why, that's you why know? Elon Musk. That's why Elon Musk is talking about building a school in Texas, I think for middle school and high school, and you have to kind yeah. of get in because he's like, yeah. you guys are stupid. Like what the kids are learning is crap. What happens if you it's don't go? It's not going to help them in the future. It's not going to so, help wait, them. Wait, wait, wait. Let's say he builds a school. Remember when LeBron James built that school in Akron, Ohio? And for four was, years in a row, not one kid passed the efficiency test? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Okay. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about people who actually are in industry and who but see I'm what's just, going on. But and it's not only it. him; it's others who have said. I mean, what was, what's his name? Ah, oh, he owns Palantir, that billion, multi-billion-dollar company. Oh, and Peloton. He was just like, no, not Peloton. Palantir is another company, but oh. it's, oh. it, it's but it's um it's a tech company, but. 
I'm telling you, Reese, man, they're not learning what they need to know. You, you know, you're 100 percent right. I agree with you, Potter. I agree with you, brother. I agree, and I agree. I don't have Potter. I do not have a technology or media or production background or an education to speak of. When I put all of my video stuff together, my lighting work, all of that stuff was by me going on YouTube and learning how to do all of it. Today, right. the efficiency, as it were, Which you is didn't the have application to spend $300, of $300,000 exactly. to work. I didn't have to well, do that's, it. That's so what in, I in, believe he's – no, go ahead. I'm, no, no, I'm but what I'm saying is, is, like, look, we can build – listen, you know, they, they uh, like the – what was the name of the baseball film with Kevin Costner, John Beckman? Field of oh, Dreams. If you build, field of right. Dreams. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. Listen, LeBron James built the school. Oprah Winfrey built the school, right? But what happened when they got there? The individual inside the school fucked up. You can put all they, of the no, things no, in the world. That, no, we don't know. We don't know that that's what happened. We don't know those schools. There are other well, schools. Well, actually, that I do. do. We, that, we that, do that, know. What do you mean we don't know? Those there are other schools. What do you mean we do that, know? That, that we do, do know what happened. Like the Marcus Father, Garvey school do. there in Los Angeles who were sending, yes, their, again. sending their high school students to college in, like, 11th grade to take college courses. Yeah, like, Potter, what I just like, said I'm was – I'm talking about celebrities. You're talking about celebrities. Potter, and wait athletes. a second. You have to listen to what I'm saying to you. You're, the success has nothing to do with the building. It has everything to do with the initiative, the individual inside of it, right? So it's like we, don't, we can't create results. We can't mitigate results. That's my point that I'm trying to make to you. It's like, yes, there are successes and there are failures, but we can't mitigate them because we built a building, right, or because we opened say, I this school. I, I, when, I say, I, when I say improved education, I'm not talking about building a building. I'm talking about the curriculum. I'm the system about, itself. Even, I so what? Never, I can put I all the never, curriculum in the world. I would, have never, I would have never become an engineer if it wasn't for a couple, couple teachers that I ran across in my life that were able to teach me certain things in a way that I could learn. So, did you so have, were you interested in it? My, 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 not until they broke it down to me. Then I was like, oh, okay. Crap. Like I always like technology. So you don't believe? So you don't believe that your interest in engineering came from yourself? You think that it was applied by them or no, implied by I, them? No, I think it was. I think it's, it's, it's something that might be in you, but they understand how to bring it out. I think there you go. Not, not everybody is good Some at that. People, and, right, and some right. people know how to right. bring We need that more people out. who are good at that. Potter, do you realize that most people that graduate college don't even follow what their major was? Oh, absolutely. Never. Most of the people I know, most of the people I know are like that. But this but is why I my, say. My, si- my, sister who, my sister who raised me when I was in high school and she was eight years older, she took chemistry in college, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, maybe someday she's going to end up in a lab. Well, she ended up being a CPA. It has nothing to do with chemistry. <laughs> there's, a, there's a young man, there's a young man, a couple young men, I know, a young man, actually he's on, he's on YouTube now, but he, he, he tried everything. He tried to work with FedEx, he tried to work, he got out of high school, tried to, he did all this stuff, and he just he kept quitting or he kept getting fired, right? People thought he was a loser. One of the things that he was very good at, though, was that 
his 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 Instagram, I think it was Instagram or TikTok, had just had just kept growing followers. Like he had this Jeep that he colored orange, and he would take these pictures with these clothes in front of his Jeep, different pics and stuff like that. And he had a, he just gained a lot of followers. So people were calling him loser, and he just gained a lot of followers. And one day, a manufacturer contacted him, a clothing manufacturer, and said, "You know what? How about we can we can we um, advertise on your on your channel?" And he said, yeah. And they said, oh, by the way, did you know that those clothes you're wearing, that you could make your own and sell them? And he was like, what? They gave him the game. This dude is pulling in over a million. When he makes his drops online of his clothes, I mean, he's killing the game. So So he he ends up being a winner. It all depends on, like, who's assessing these kids? Who's saying, okay, you may not be good in math. Who's assessing and say, you know what, you have a good voice, or you speak really well? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Right? Yeah, but again, um, you, the it, application the is key, Potter. It needs to change. Yeah, but Potter, you can change it three ways till Sunday. There's no guarantee that the kid will adapt to it, right? Because each There's kid never a has guarantee, to be looked. But, but they're worth it. It's worth no, the no, 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 no. I believe, so, King Reese. Potter, I believe here's it's worth the deal. We're all worth the effort. Worth no, the no, no. Whether we decide to do is a personal decision. But I'm, guys, I, I agree with the effort. Guys, you know, again, we shouldn't, see, this we is, shouldn't this assume is the that laughable they will part. or will not. This is the, this is the laughable part. We have part, no right? faith in these kids. That's the problem. No, 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 no. Well, somebody I have faith no, in, in Keith Reese, though. Someone have faith it's in Keith Reese. Started no, with Keith Reese. No, actually, actually, they didn't. People, the people who have faith in me, right, as, as far as the faith are the people who have faith in me. But there's something that you're missing here, right? Look, I get that you're saying that someone has to make the effort, right? And, yes, we should all make the effort. You make the effort every what day, th- King Reese. You make the effort I know, every but, day. You help us every Nicole, day. Anyone who tunes into you, they, they learn something that they were not aware of, and, and it broadens their horizon. You, you don't know who's going to take what you said and run with it the, or not, but you know that it's worth, you know that it's worth it. You, you do, you've made a lot of strong effort to have a presence and a platform to bring it. He knows yeah. I give a fuck about him and I value his yeah. opinion. But that motherfucker, don't told. let him play on that sympathy bullshit. He knows the that truth. we love his punk ass. He does, The truth is, unfortunately, right, look, I think efforts are all great, and, you know, again, you keep applying until finally something catches on. I'm not saying don't try anything, but we can't be under the impression that it takes effort alone. My biggest problem with what they do it in government. It doesn't take a four-year right now, education and, to do anything. Exactly. Right. What we're talking about today is government's application of, of changing things around. What I'm saying is, is the biggest problem government has is that they refuse to means test anything. They do a one-size-fits-all approach to everything, and when it fails, they don't learn from it. They just try it again in a different state. And I'm going, the reason why, as we talked about earlier, the war on poverty. How do we spend $52 trillion and it remains stagnant? Because no one's trying anything means tested. They're trying the same shit with yeah. a different dress on. Let me take, when I can say I something, take something back I said about a four-year education. doesn't mean anything. Let me take back a little bit. You have to have a four-year education plus to be a lawyer or a doctor. Those are the exceptions. 
But to be a business owner in, in other regards, like my, my wife was CFO of Planet Hollywood making half a million a year, and then when she got out of the business, and then during the pandemic, we saw there was a need for truck drivers. And we said, let's get in the truck driving education business. So we took a chance, and we did it, and, and it's successful. So it, but we didn't, she didn't go to college, nor did I, other, you know, to be in the casino business to uh, all of a sudden open up a, a truck driving school. No, and, 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 and that, John, and I get I it, not, I not everybody. Right. I think what happens is Reese, when Reese hears different, he hears government. When he hears innovation, he hears government. And that's not the way it is, man. Like, um, you know, it, it's because, we, because we've been indoctrinated with these, these forms of government our whole lives. We can't even think of anything new. Like, we can't even think of anything that anything would exist outside of what it is that we know which is dangerous, right? So hopefully there are some very innovative people that will come up with a new way to do things. And I think education is a really big part of it. a new way to um, a new How way about to kind privatizing of privatizing it? Can we, can we privatize and, education then? And, and trade schools. Trade schools got to come back in bigger degrees than they're out there right now. How, how do you, how do you schools, feel about private – how do you feel about privatizing education, Potter? Because let me tell you why I believe, and again, yes, I do hear government when people say how we need to change the education system. It's government run. If you privatize education, guess what happens? You get treated like any other industry. If you fail, you're finished. If it's government run, you can you, that's, you keep that, that money flowing until the end of time. Because guess what your argument is when you try to defund it? Well, what about the poor children? You're failing the poor children. But we still need to have a school for them. Okay, let's privatize it. No. Why can't we privatize it? Because if they privatize it, and this is the truth, that means people are held to account. That means if teachers aren't educating kids, they get fired. You're held to a higher standard. Through our, our current system, we don't have a firing apparatus. In New York City, it takes five years to get rid of a fucking horrible teacher. If you privatize it, the teacher's fired on the day that they fuck up. Right, and that's the that's problem the, with government. Right. But, so but if you want to innovate teaching, innovate it by the first rule of thumb, privatize no. it. No, innovate education, not just teaching, education. Yeah, you inno- listen, you innovate education by changing the business but, model, and that's privatizing it. Uh, it, it. There may be a public-private component to there. It might be, but... Those things have to be thought about, and sometimes privatization doesn't work. Like in Louisiana, I don't know if a big draws from the bayou is on here, but in New Orleans, privatization doesn't work because there are big companies that have there are companies that have come into New Orleans and privatized some of the schools, and it is not working because the companies really don't have an interest in really educating them. It's a business model for them, so you just have hey, to be careful. You have to be careful hey, with pa- this kind of thing. Hey, Potty, let me tell you something. I was a jock in high school. I, I was the worst fucking student when it came, came to academics. But I learned on my own when I was in math because I was a jock and I understood sports that I took it upon myself that when I tried to figure out math, I did it in the form of sports. I did it in the form of football scores. I did it in the form of threes, which is a field goal, uh, and sevens, which is a touchdown and an extra point. 
That's how I taught myself to learn math. I wasn't so much geared on what they were telling me on the chalkboard, how to learn math, because I couldn't understand it. But I used, I used whatever experience I had to teach myself how to learn it. And I did it in the form of what I knew. And that's what kids have to do today. You've got to learn things right. how, and how you know it. John, but here's the thing. There will always be those who figure things out on themselves by themselves, right? But there's going to be many, many more that can't figure it out by themselves. No, I let me ask you this. Let me let me ask you. Let me ask you this. What did we do by innovating education today? I don't know if you watch these videos online, but my, myself and Roseanne watch them a lot. They have these young kids who are in Times Square and all over the country interviewing these kids in high school, and they ask this one girl, how many dimes are in a dollar? And the girl goes, I don't know, 15? Yeah, I'm like, what? We've never innovated. We haven't. Wait, wait, wait. We never innovated, but guess what? If their education is the same as ours, how come they're learning less? Read. That's we why have, you right now we have Eddie problem. Bauer, you, you, we have Eddie you, Bauer you and Johnson and Johnson. Problems. Listen, listen. And we have Eddie Bauer and Johnson. You innovate to solve a problem. Listen, and Eddie Bauer. Problem. Education is a problem. The companies, the companies Eddie Bauer and Johnson and Johnson had to change their logos because kids can't read it. They can't read cursive. They have the same education that we didn't innovate. Well, think about the innovation that's happening today. The innovation that's happening today is the dumbing down of it. That's what they but, call innovation today, making it easier. That's not that's not innovation, V. That's making that's making things worse. Like that's not innovation. Again, this that's is a, the reason why degradation of the system as a whole. That's why they don't. This keep is cursing. the reason. I don't. This is the reason why you keep it as it is and you hold the standard. Once you remove standard, absolutely not. You. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, and it's not going to work. As a matter of fact, things are going to get worse because the pace that things like technology and the effect that it's having on all of our lives, if you don't learn certain things, doesn't mean you have to be in tech, but there's certain things you need to learn going forward. These kids are not even close to learning those things. Um, That's indeed right. When it comes to economics and finance, things are changing. These kids aren't even close to knowing what's going on now, let alone the changes that are coming. No, and Potter, I agree with you on that. I'll agree with you that on Potter because when I was growing up, I'm 62 like Jay, I always learned that I wanted to meet more and more people. It's about who you met and not what you knew about where you could possibly go. And it happened for me. Maybe I'm one of a very few. I was able to, to, to get certain jobs. It was because of who I knew. So you got to socialize. That's a learned behavior. You got to get out there and socialize and talk to people and quit spending so much time looking at your goddamn iPhones while you're walking down the street, not even paying attention to who you're walking past. And and, and that's part of that's part of education, John. If you're if you're a young kid getting into school, maybe you need to learn about the psychological effects of staring at giving your attention to an app on your phone for 10 hours a day or 15 hours a day. Like, those, those, that, that's what I mean. The curriculum has to change. This stuff has to change, man. Like, it, it, it just doesn't work. 
is wholly inadequate. Wholly inadequate. Well, no, I agree. I mean, these iPhones are good and bad. You know, the Internet is good and bad. Uh, but you've you got to be able to socialize with people and meet people and, and network and do all that stuff. And, you know, you know, when I was in sales with my dad during when he was a lawyer and I worked for Lawyers Title Insurance Corporation in Hackensack, New Jersey, I didn't know everything. So when I would go out and meet all these lawyers and talk about getting their business and they would ask me a question that I didn't know, I would tell them up front, you know what, that's a good question. I don't know that, but I'm going to get back to you with the answer. Because I knew I had a resource behind me when I went back to my office. It was my dad who was a lawyer that could talk that way. And you, you, you can't fake yourself into trying to impress people by always having like an answer. Do you know, do you remember, does anybody remember a program when we were young where you would have like, I don't know, it wasn't, was it a pen pal or something like that where you would, communicate with kids from other countries or around the country or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was like a pen. Yeah, right. that was a, it was pen, a pen pal. Why hasn't that been upgraded? I mean, you, you're on social media anyway. Because kids you, don't, like you know, we said, kids don't even know how to write anymore. Well, well that that part needs to be worked That's on too. That needs to be part of the new curriculum, uh, how to write. And these, the, you know, and you know, and let another me, thing let me, that's interesting and let is, me, no, no, is, and Potty, before you chime in, let me, because it's on the top of my head, I'll forget about it. I've met so many people. I've gotten autographs from people throughout the years. You know, hey, you know, some guy would give me an autograph, baseball, he's a famous baseball player or whatever. And then two years later, it's on my shelf. I look at it. The handwriting was so bad, I couldn't even remember who signed the damn ball. And it's like, how, how come I can't even recognize this signature? And Jason, hey, listen, today, doc, you know, doctors are well, sorry for that, too. You know, well, Jason, that might be part of protecting their signature. But Kanye doesn't, doesn't give autographs. And I was always under the belief, God damn, if, you ever, if you're ever famous and you give an autograph, make sure your signature is legible so people even know who you are. Now you got a uh, blah, 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 and you're like, I don't even know who that's from. Can't remember. Well, I think that I, could I mean, be part the... for someone protecting their signature. They don't want it, um, what is it, uh, counterfeited? Yeah, but you got to at least make it legible. That even goes in the business world. Signature. When you sign documents, make it legible. Yeah, yeah but I, you're, you're, I, um, it's a personal signature, um, King Beckman. Who, By default, who, who was it that, they, a person who was it, can write how they wish. Who was it that said that, give me, you know, the youth of the country and I can turn them into whatever I want? It was a famous, I don't know yeah. if it was Rockefeller or somebody from overseas uh, who I, said that. Yeah, um, just a second. Yes. G- give me a, give yeah, me a um, it, it, yes, uh, one minute. They understood. They understood when you take a young mind and you can educate them, you can steer them in a certain direction to do certain things that they wouldn't have otherwise done. It's just the way the mind works. But it all depends on the programs that they're in and their environment. I know Rockefeller has something to do with this. Uh Hey, hey, Snitchy, I need you to look up something for me, if you don't mind. 
Uh, well, my computer is kind of okay. Go ahead. My computer is kind of working on something right now, but go ahead. What would you like? So, so Jay called me on Saturday, and he goes, "Hey, how you doing, man?" I go, "Man, it's colder than a witch's tit." And first thing Jay says, "I wonder where the term the witch's tit came from." So we were trying to figure out why people say it's colder than a witch's tit. Can you find that out? Flies on the flies on the boom. This this is an example of men's conversation with <laughs> Right. <laughs> but we're not around women. Well no I didn't. No, and I said Nicole, I said the same thing. I learned so much you don't I said like, she's, you know, she's up on her broom. She's yep. up on her broom you know, flying up yep. in the sky. Why he couldn't it be it's colder than altitude. a witch's leg? Right. Why isn't it colder than a witch's leg? But why because is it called oh it's colder it's colder than a witch's tit? Because you rest the rusty buckets. Um, I was just on my hey, phone real hey, quick. Snitchy, snitch. Oh, oh God. Did, did, yeah. Snitch, did Charles? Did um? Did Charles ever get in? So oh, that's him I calling me it, now. Oh, okay, that's him okay. calling me now. Hold on. Hold on. Big, big diaper from the Bayou is coming in. All right. Yep. Yeah, he's he's trying to get in. Oh, so, okay. Okay, you in now, Charles? So just mute yourself. All right. Okay, so no, but, let me. But we all, let me we look. thought, why is it colder than a witch's tit? We didn't know where okay. that derived from. I'm jumping on my. Let me. I'm on my phone now. Let's see where. <laughs> where? The witch is from Baltimore Brewers. Long time witches. Y'all don't know shit about that. But the first thing I thought of was Wizard of Oz. Remember the witch flying on her broom? And I never uh, heard her say, hey, it's colder than a witch's tit up here. I seriously doubt she <laughs> Okay, let's see here now. <laughs> All right. Looks like here it says. The uh, apparently, it says, apparently coined by the American author Francis Van Wyck Mason. The term first appears in his novel, Spider House, published in 1932. Well, let's see. We'll see. So that's where it came from is what it's being said. But let's see why did he think that that was. Colder than a witch's tit. And so I tried to. to be, um, we can have, we can have serious, humor. serious conversations about the silliest things, Mitchie. <laughs> but that's the beauty of this so, show, Sometimes Father. we have to. Sometimes we have to, I think we have to have a mental break because what we're discussing no, no, no. is a very I, I heavy situation with it. No, 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 I wasn't saying that she did. I was just no, adding I was, I was um, um, directing that towards uh, John. Yeah. And Potter, were there any black witches? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> Well, the word diva, just as a side note, the word diva means, um, at at the root means witch. So, you know, but when you say witch, King Beckman, what are you speaking about? Cauldrons and and magic spells, like fairy dust in your eye? What do you mean? And when I I think of witches, I think of Salem, Massachusetts. Isn't that where they're from? Isn't that where the witch... witch That was a bunch of malarkey in Salem, remember, if you recall. That, that that some folks were 
okay, we're stepping into something now that I don't know if there were truly witches in Salem. <laughs> now, there are Wiccans, you know, those who practice a particular um, belief system. Well, that's called, that's called witchcraft. Well, yeah, it's a part of it. But we don't know if there were really witches. And, and what yeah. the hell was a, colder than a witch's tit? Yeah, so apparently the writer wrote that in as um, vulgar humor. He thought that was a clever play on words. But I'm seeing if there's anything else on it. Um, So someone here said, I'm just trying, I'm on my phone, on the computer. That's why it's taking so long. Uh, Someone said, you know, perhaps because when you envision a witch on a broom um, flying in the sky, just doing a lot of stuff here. Hold on. No, I understand that, but then why didn't we say, "Oh, it's colder than witch's leg" or "witch's hand"? I think that's the vulgar part. <laughs> you rusty. Well, let me. I have to look up Francis, um, um, who I just mentioned the name. I have to go back to it. But my mind is so scrambling for that quote, King Potter. I know exactly. I know exactly who said that. But I am getting older, and well, I can't. Well, we all know it's a figment. It's a figment of speech. We've all probably used it one time or another in our lives. Like I did when Jay called. He goes, "What are you doing?" I go, "Man, it's colder than the witches' pit down here." And I, you know, it was just a figment of speech, but we didn't really know what I've, it meant. I've never. This is my, like saying something as high as giraffe. Giraffe high. I've never heard of that before. Um, I've heard of it, but you know, <laughs> um, like you say, something's high, like like the the price of gas is high as giraffes um, hide. Why not say giraffe head? I think there's something that makes it funny or witty. I guess when, when you mix the word around and throw a little um, what some might have called vulgarity at one state and um, point in time, so also, which is so just it language. Also includes a little humor. Yeah. So maybe it's six, maybe six a little better. I don't know. I would have. I I don't know. <laughs> I'm not certain, but I get right. the high altitude. Okay. A witch on a broom. It's cold up there. She's she's cold. You can pick any part of her. Right. If I imagine it, she's cold everywhere. Because even Jay said, <laughs> but, imagine if she's flying at fifty thousand feet. How cold it is up there. She's dead you know, up like there. When, yeah, she can't. Yeah. She can't make it on a broom that high. But John, anyway, but I get it. John. John Beckman, I have a question. Yes, sir. Earlier this morning, you wrote something to the understanding of, I don't know if it was a joke, I'm trying to get the the laughter part, when you wrote that you were in the Martin Luther MLK parade and you were going to be... Oh, the Grand Marshal? Yeah, can you enlighten me on who's who's the grand marshal? Oh, I was I was joking. I said I'm in the Martin who, Luther who King is, parade. Who is it? But I want to I want to be able to laugh with you. Um, well, I know what you're thinking, Charles. No, mean, no, 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 no. You don't. No, come on, John. I want to know who <laughs> is the fucking the laughter part. I mean, where where where? I, I mean, don't I know. Well, what Who the fuck? You can pop up and say something like that. The Grand Marshal. Because so I was waiting for you guys to come back and say, oh, no, you're not. You're the Grand Wizard. It was a joke. Oh, okay. It just went just totally over my head. I just, you know, I, I didn't get that part. 
But thanks I for claiming. I, I, I know I go over your head often. That's okay. I don't hold that against you when I go over your head. Okay, I I'm, never hold I that against you. I just want to be you. clear. I just want to be clear. Thank you, big brother. Thank you. You're a big brother to me. Great. I love you, man. As well. Party mode. Yeah, party mode. Party mode. Are you still there? <laughs> oh, man. Is that Charles? Charles? Yeah, that's my yeah, brother me. Charles. My brother Charles. What's up, brother Charles? I wanted to give... I wanted I want to give uh, Potty Mott a, a pat on back for what he said. He's right about what he said, about what happened here in Louisiana, about the education system. That's why I said that privatized uh, education don't work in everywhere you go. I don't think she, uh, she's anywhere Can you around. repeat that? I didn't understand that. What was that? He said he wanted to give um, King Potter, um, Scissor said he wanted to give King Potter a pat on his um, back um, for speaking about the educational system, in particular Louisiana. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that was good. Good conversation. That's just me saying he was right all the way. He was right 100% about what's going on down here with the private base thing. And Beck and I. You know, I don't know how you did the football, the football math thing, but I'm going to tell you that didn't work for me. But I, I tell you this, in life, there's got to be balance. And this is what everybody understands. There's got to be a balance. No matter how, how bad you, you don't want to believe that, there's got to be some ant worker. There's got to be. Cause there's nothing to be built without. There are people that are just built for in the world. Everybody's not built to be an ant worker. But there are people that built, we built like that. Life, right, right, life right. Has balances. Yeah, life has to have balances. Everybody can't be Everybody can't be a big business person. But there are some people who have exceptionally worked their way into the elite race, you know, and become that person. But everybody can't be that. Hey, can I ask you guys a question? Have any of you guys, because I watched this movie last night for the first time. I was just going through channels, and I came upon this movie. It was called The King's Speech. Have any of you guys ever seen that movie, The King's Speech? Um, okay. No, I have not. Okay. What it was about, it was about, um, I think, Queen Elizabeth's father, who was king before her. And when he became king during World War II and he had to go against Hitler, he had a speech impediment. Like, he stuttered. They In the movie, they call it stammered. But, but he stuttered. And so he'd have to give radio... So he, 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 he uh, befriended this guy that was like a speech therapist and that was trying to help him with his speech. And then one day they're in, uh, what is it, uh, what's the church in England, Minster Abbey, something like that, where he's going to be uh, coronated the king. And the priest comes up to the king, and he's all, the king's with his speech therapist. He was always at his side to help him with his speech. And the uh, the minister says, "Well, you're. I've got a I've got a speech therapist for the king." And uh, the guy says, "Well, the king has hired me. Why does he need somebody else?" And come to find out that the uh, the father said, "Well, you're not licensed, or you don't have a degree." And the king got mad at the speech therapist for holding that back from him. By saying, you're a fraud, you're trying to help me with my speech, but you don't have a degree, 
and, uh, you know, you, you betrayed me. And all of a sudden, the king started to realize, well, I don't care if this guy's got a, a degree in, in speech therapy and how he helped people. He's helping me. And what he's doing with me is working. So that, uh, the reason I mention that is because I'm, we're going back to college and the four-year education. It doesn't mean you have to have a degree in everything to be helpful to other people. That was the moral of my story. Yes, um, I I agree with you that we don't have to go to college. Um, there's a difference between who said it, wasn't it? Like Mark Twain or somebody? I think it was Mark Twain. It said um, he he did not go to he did not wait. Something about the difference between schooling and education. I do believe it was Mark Twain. Um, I'm at a loss for quotes today. Well, anyway, no. Um, we were told that we had to go to college, King Beckman. That was a part of the Prussian system. As a matter of fact, it was never really meant for any of us on this line right now to even excel to college. We we, we right. were supposed to. <laughs> I so, agree with I you. Mean, we, right. I so think when, it was expected know, of us. It was expected oh, no, of us. No, 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 no. Not originally. In some cases. If I can say this really quickly, if I can just kind of chime in. So I definitely agree don't with drink. you, uh, Snitchy Smurf, because don't drink. Don't drink. Um, I, even my sister, all she ever asked from her kids I don't, uh, I can't, was I don't to graduate high school. It's like a radio or a TV somewhere. Some kind of... Voice being transmitted over you, sister. What is it? It's, I, I, can't, I can't hear what you're saying because another voice is speaking that's not a part of our conversation. I can hear that too, but I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Do you only hear that when I unmute myself? No, I hear it. Go on mute, go on mute real quick. Let me hear it, but I don't, I don't know. Okay, Let me, I'm going to mute myself. No, because I still hear it even when I'm. No, muted. I still hear. Yeah, I still hear it. Well, sister, speak yeah. above it if you can, because I, I don't want to miss what you what you oh, sharing. I, what I'm Please. saying is, is I, I agree with you that we none of us were even like supposed to go to college, right? Um, like that wasn't even in our that wasn't even in our purview. Um, right. My sister, even my sister. All she ever expected from her boys was to at least graduate high school. Right. Like that was, you know, if you graduated high school, that was a big thing. Right. So before so any of us on this line were born. Like extra. Right. But even even systematically, before any of us on this line were born, we were, none of us were were really marked for, College, right? Um, that, we were the question system was not because systematically, yeah. my sister was 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 thought in her mind that graduating high school was it. Yes, yes. No, I agree. And with that's you, totally that fine with big, the question system. That was system. a big thing to make mm-hmm. sure at least you get a high school degree. Right. So the college part, King Beckman, and the and the absorbent amount it costs now, um, a lot of that 
<laughs> one could say it's just disinflated um, the price of, of education. I mean, it, you know, I'm, I know I'm probably stepping on somebody right now, but I'm not trying to. So basically there's a difference between your schooling and education. But um, like you may have heard me say over the years, lifelong learner. We, we are every day in school. This is school right now. Every time we get together to school um, because we're, we're exchanging information, wisdom, insight, and trying to make sense of things. Um, right, we're learning. But to charge someone, right, but to charge someone that to say if you come to this institution, you are now learning something, um, there's, there's a lot of game in that. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm going right. to college. Especially if, you go, <laughs> okay. especially if you go to an elite school where it's a minimum of 75000 a year. I'm like, come on. Right, People but when you come out of there, when they turn you out of there, there's so much. There's so much I have learned in my in my journey in self-educating myself that were never taught at university. And, and, Nicole, and let's also right. say, I can't even tell you how many. I'm not trying to be I've right. No, 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 no. I'm, just, I'm telling you, you're right because I've met a lot of people along my lifeline that have four-year educa- uh, four education but have no street smarts whatsoever, and, it's, and it frustrated me to no end. How could you be so academically smart but have no street because, smarts? Because they never gave, like you sit here and you listen and you enjoy the conversation and you learn. Some folks don't do that, jo- uh, Mr. Beckman. Some folks uh, no, are I, not willing I, to uh, even be comfortable with conversation or to be – it's just um, their way or the highway or they, the way they were taught. They, they just don't have an open mind. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's why it bugged me so much that because I didn't I, – I didn't No, it didn't bug you. Degree. It pissed your ass off to be around so many people just like <laughs> you. You. You were in the room, Jesus motherfucker. Christ, A bunch of fucking oh crackers. Now we know it's Monday. A bunch of room full of crackers. Oh God! No, um, Fred. I at least grew so up with street full smarts. of macaronis. And oh, when someone God. didn't have street smarts, he but said, I'm in a all these motherfuckers. He said, "This robe ain't got enough color in it for me." These motherfuckers don't say motherfucker. Oh, Re- uh, Fred, these were white people I'm talking about <laughs> that I met. And there is did everybody sound like did everybody. Fool. Did everybody, <laughs> wait a minute, did everybody sound like they had a stick up their ass? Yes. That just pissed you off. Uh, right. Yeah. right. Some other <laughs> and one more thing about um, post-secondary education. Um, even at the university level, there's, there, there's a difference of quality of education, how much you are given about a particular subject. Whether even in the sciences, history. Well, I don't. I can't speak on history directly, but let's eh, put history in there. Um, there's a there's a, there's a degree. There's private education that's more private than saying going to a Stanford or something like that. So this there's there's a lot going on here, um, behind the scenes. You need to be arrested for a felony for for attempting to read. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> you won't be the one to arrest me. Where the fuck have you been? This you cracker been. has been, this cracker has fucked 
skin just been irritating my ass. Oh my well, God. Fred, I've been Shit. exercising my craft and listening. I'm developing myself. And what well, I just developing. heard was someone that is a felon. You're you're a loose, uh, at loose felon. You shouldn't be reading to people like that. Well, you won't God. you won't gather Dang. you won't gather me. I, I tell you that. <laughs> I'm I, I know how to ignore. Catch That's me the word if you can. Ignore. Ig starting with ig ig. Her reading is ig. No. Well, I got to give Nicole a pass because she did tell us she didn't have her computer. She just did have her cell phone. So I give she her. She didn't pass have her that. brain either. You know she's oh a my God. Wow. <laughs> Third hour, no, and now we know protect. exactly what we are. <laughs> we know exactly what this is. If you hear Jay give this mother, he, he, this motherfucker say, I read everything. Did you That's see what he, he, gave this, he gave this privileged motherfucker a pass this morning when he said that he was in the MLK motherfucking mark as the goddamn mm-hmm. Grand Kubar. And that motherfucker no, Grand Marshall. He, he, he never did get this motherfucker, man. He never did, but he can goddamn me read all that shit. The, what's his name, that old crazy motherfucker that had to take off two weeks and get his medicine? Ali? No. Wow. <laughs> this is, wow, this is some comrade shit here. This is some comrade shit here, man. <laughs> no flanking. Uh, motherfucker over no. there, I say, man, did you bring Can't a doctor's friend. note? I said, did you Just bring friend. a doctor's note? I heard so you when you said it. He can get up in here and cuss and call people green pussies, green oh. monsters, and cocoa fingers and ca-ca-ca. But he let this yeah. white boy, what are you doing, John Beckman, that we not doing? You dick. Were you, were you up? Were you upset if I were the grand marshal of the parade for some reason? How, how can he let you get away with that on a day as we are trying to celebrate our black and you motherfucker? Well, I, 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 I got, I got, I got to chime out. I'm gonna chime out because I'm getting. <laughs> oh, I wish I could kick you in your ass head, right now. His head nodding. Uh, uh, He'll be a naughty head motherfucker. He he'll have all kind of cocoa knots upside his head. You'd see I've been pop 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 upside his motherfucking head. I'm hey, talking about right, part of like, the head nodder. He said he needed a head nodder when Jay played that song. I want to know what the fuck is a nodder. What is yeah, a nodder? Because I was thinking. I was People supposed to be out of knots, you know, like, like pop knots. I want to tell you. Yeah, he supposed to have pop knots. Them red motherfuckers like lumps. Say some shit like that, old motherfucking uh, nigga, everybody. Oh, you got past that. Oh, <laughs> you don't dance with your head, you dance with your toes. Nigga, you going to get a motherfucking ride, a roots ride started, bitch. Motherfucker! Oh! Wait, uh, what did I miss? What happened? Uh, Reading the notes way up there earlier in the first hour when this punk motherfucker, Jay, had said, 
I read everything that everybody says. Well, go back in your fucking notes where this motherfucker on Martin Luther King Day says in the comment, oh, I'm going to be the grand poobah in the uh, MLK march today. Hee hee. <laughs> Nobody said shit. I oh, say this motherfucker God. is very privileged, mm. but I read everything. <laughs> but I can't read, I right, motherfuckers? I didn't hear that, Fred. I wouldn't hear uh, that. No. Go back in wow. the notes. In the in the in the in the last in the, of, comments. in the comments, damn it. And everybody read that shit. But Mr. King Oh wow. So you think J. King let the cracker get away that, with that well, well, He let the cracker he get that motherfucking thousand dollar plate bond motherfucking bitch get away with it. Well back to good Yeah, back to did you get your did you get your sweater uh that he paid for you to get? Uh, As a matter of Mary? fact. He let him go no, with that I too today. I need to, I need to um, send uh, J. King my address. Okay, Beckman got you one, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, for the record, King Beckman gave Lathis $100 over a week ago. First time a white man, first time right. a white man's ever bought anything for me in my life. Yeah, and you're going to have to and he and he he's he's willing and ready to go pay snitchy food. Congratulations. She don't know how to go get her money. Oh, God. You need to go get your money, girl. <laughs> that white man is sitting up there begging for so he begging for a woman to give that money to. That's a mark. He's a But you gotta be careful because he might be the police. You know, you and got to be real careful with that motherfucker. <laughs> That's the copy. He is the police. You I do have copy. a a pat. The, the the SWAT team did give me a patch, so maybe I am a auxiliary SWAT team member now. Well, Metropolitan Police, Las Vegas, Nevada. It's right here. I'm looking at it. Did you see the Did you see the Pope? Did you see his comments, Mitchie Pooh? So I did not um, because my computer was tied up. If you notice, I, I didn't type a great deal in there today. Um, but no, but I mean, it sounds like that happened. Uh, he's King a Beckman racist. acknowledged that he's he said it. He said it. He, he and acknowledged that you seen it. I beg pardon. He acknowledged it. You say, didn't you say you said it, Beckman? Yeah. All I said was that I can't type right now because I'm the Grand Marshal of the MLK Parade. I'll be back later. So now I'm back. Why are you the Grand Marshal of the Martin Luther King? I don't know why they selected me. I don't know. I just went along with the program. What program? (laughs) What program? The parade. The parade. Parade where? This motherfucker. Downtown. Them motherfuckers decided to make you the poobah, huh? No, the Grand Marshal, not poobah. The Grand Marshal. <laughs> well, the said you the poobah. You the poobah. You the poobah. You got of, your patch. You're thinking, you're thinking of Fred Flintstone. No, I'm thinking of you. <laughs> Grand Poobah. <laughs> you're just a bunch of rocks upside your head down in Louisiana, boy. I don't know where to yeah, put you. You around some... You got a fake motherfucker. You got a fake motherfucker. They told your motherfucking ass 20 years ago when he was 28 and 21. That is, even though he was going to the jailhouse or the prison, motherfucker, 
You run across some motherfuckers like we used to be, Jack, around popping off like that. You don't get no pass, homie. Not no more. Oh, come on. Tuta can take us always. He we're, always we're in tell you. Times now. We're in different times now. No. So that means no, you feel comfortable no. sitting up and saying some hurtful shit like that? And then you want me to be your goddamn friend? You thought it was a joke, bitch. It's a joke. You know, you know what you meant. Like you, uh, what they say that when you uh, throw shit around just to see if a motherfucker paying attention, like your white cop friend Mm -hmm. came in and wanted to call us niggas that Mm -hmm. day. Mm-hmm. So I call my friends nigger, you know, because I'm not black. I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm, I'm black. That he wanted to be black that day, all of a sudden. <laughs> so he felt comfortable what, saying that N word. Friends say about you, uh, Beckman. You should listen to the friends that I have listening to show what they say about you. you good, good. I love your friends too. Oh well, they don't love you. That's okay to each their own. Cut to the chase. <laughs> Cut to the chase. They don't Let me tell you, you something. <laughs> <laughs> y'all motherfuckers, man. I'm telling you, I'm just Cut sitting here listening to y'all motherfuckers. Y'all motherfuckers. Smoke one. Smoke one. Mary, join the fucking party. Shut up, Mary. Shut up, Mary. Earlier today. Shut up, Mary. Earlier today, you was white man. What did you say, white man? I heard your ass today. You just what you say, Beckman? Hold on, white man. Smoke a joint and chill. Let's have fun with this motherfucker. Yeah, he loves listen to him. He loves. He loves you guys. And then Slitchy Pooby keep on trying to throw some goddamn bucket of water to cool his ass off. That fucker trying to make some sense. Something else. In the third hour. And invited me to the show. Backman, Backman, look. This I know you're therapy. crying and all, you know what I mean? But uh, don't don't hang yourself after this, okay? It'll be all right. No, no. I won't jump. <laughs> How many beers? I look, yeah, don't jump. I, I look forward to tomorrow. That's what I look forward to. How many to. beers, baby? How many beers tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had any so how many, had so, three coffees. So how how many people how the ratings go since the day you brought the police here back then? I'm quite sure it's scared all over the place. Straight up the ratings motherfucker. <laughs> now you got all the police force listening to this shit. Just what you oh, wanted. Oh man. It's exactly oh, what you wanted. Since you don't have it. somewhere to run. You know, I, even got a, I, I even got a blind text today. It says, is this Beckman from Kings in the Morning? I go, and it came up on my phone, like, could be possible junk mail. It ended up being Kim Virgil texting me. So I don't even know how she got my phone number. You know, what that got to do with you, you, know about, she about you being the, the police? You know how you got the, how she got the phone number. Yeah, you the police. Everybody know how to call the police. <laughs> you wanted to know if I could make sure you get her Someone please ticket. call 911. And it's yeah. He always wants to know ticket. all your personal business. He knows all your business. His wife works at a trucking company. They hire a prisoner, so they do the background check. 
And, oh, you can make a million dollars there, and you're straight out of prison. Then you get mad with you if you don't want to be a trucker or a maid or a goddamn housekeeper or a suck-ass that hang around and hold his hands all day. Then he gets pissed the fuck off because you're you're supposed to be an entitled motherfucking lowlife, him and that goddamn Reese. I think some real shit. This motherfucker went to hide the duck in the day. Yeah, so, well, we don't make that. Losers, and, and then Reese gonna throw himself in there with Jay and this other house did <laughs> Okay, he gonna try yep. to throw himself in there in the same club with Reese and uh, not not Reese but Jay and Beckman. Well, you know, uh, well, our taxes we shouldn't be. You know, uh, nobody should have to go after our taxes. Says that bullshit. I don't fucking around with you, scared. And your motherfucking well, well, ass, I you know that. Hold on, hold on. The most hurtful thing, the most hurtful thing is, the most hurtful thing, the whole most hurtful thing about the whole, the whole most hurtful thing is they didn't say half of an America or half of California or half of Texas. They said the majority of the people. But these motherfuckers are so greedy and got their nose all up in the air, they don't even understand when a motherfucker can't pay house uh, health care or taxes, food, or tell on their own on their baby daddy on their baby daddy that this motherfucker ain't working. See, they ain't looking at the whole big story of why motherfuckers uh, people that look like me and you and the rest of us that sitting here at the king's table. Don't have them. Kids ain't got a job. That's that's suffering. Right. And then you talk about the, we're brothers. See, that's that joke shit. You you need to stay out of it. If you ain't got nothing, if you ain't got nothing, see that's what you're. That's what you do. You parade your 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 shit around. Chris Macker. And keep people and keep people fucking. Uh, you're not gonna get no sense out of your. I don't even. I don't even. Sometimes, partner, I don't even entertain what you say because I know you're you're you're, you're on a different planet. Because if you wasn't, because if you wasn't, you would know. Man, you can't sit across you you can't sit across from the table. You can't you can't yes he is because this motherfucker here you can't sit across from a motherfucker and say that shit without getting the shit slapped out of you. And I know you don't want the shit slapped the fuck out of you, right? Right? No man wants another man to slap the shit out of him. That's why I got married. Why you don't think about what you say before you say it? Because at sixty, at sixty fucking years old, I will. You know, man, I'm I'm very afraid to be in. I don't know if I could be in the room with you. I don't know if you. I I don't know if you would probably try to um, poke at me or say something. Man, I don't play that shit like that, man, and put for no fucking white boy. Oh, Fred, you would have a good time out here with me. Oh, have a Fred, good time. you and I. I wouldn't even be in the car time, with you, Fred. associated with you. You're 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 Fred, corny. You'd miss a good time. You'd miss oh a good God. time. Come on, and you Fred. still don't get it. He doesn't get it. He don't, and he never will. Wow. Because he's never had to get it. Bipolar, bipolar, childish, not a grown man, never understands. 
Just want to I'll be a buddy. Always be young at heart. Fred. Oh, he just wants to be a buddy, a buddy, a buddy. Hey, buddy. My buddy. Hey, buddy. My buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, my Fred, buddy. You're my buddy. Hey, buddy. Yousef's my buddy. Mary's my buddy. Mary, when are you coming out? <laughs> that can in your hand. That can in your hand and your oh. butt. I'm going to try to be all of y'all. He take a ride off in the hood. He he, he make uh, the wrong turn. Well, it's really white motherfucking candy man song. Get his ass off of there. Fred, when I was a limo driver in college, I used to drive through Newark all the time. I never made a wrong turn. That was the shortcut to Newark Airport. I went through the worst areas to get to Newark Airport. I never hey. made a wrong turn. Hey. <laughs> Motherfucker, how'd you get here then? How the fuck did you get here? You better ask Jay King how I got here. As, as, well, no, that's the answer, motherfucker. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. That's that thousand dollar plate, motherfucker. That's that thousand dollar plate, motherfucker. in the morning if I didn't meet Jay. You're right. You the goddamn thousand dollar plate. What makes you think everybody although, that Jay although knows I take that wants back. to know I you. did meet Jay King before I met Jay King on Periscope. So you're right. You know, that's amazing. And then he gave you your little bitch-ass props. He gave him, he gave him this little bitch-ass after, after he went down there. And that motherfucker yeah. came back looking like Santa Claus on a happy day. And what I was like to say, this yeah. This motherfucker go confess. He's, he's been did, around I a while. I did look at Jay King before I met him, you troll. You looked him up. I met you found Jay. out he was somebody. You want to find out what he was about. He gave me a ticket to go to the concert at the uh, park. We met. I met Jay. He was off stage. He says, hey, are you John? I go, yeah, I'm John. Are you Jay? Yeah, I'm Jay. Well, I knew he was Jay because I saw him on stage. He says, come on, give me a ride back to my hotel. I go, okay, no problem. We got in the car in there, boom. Been friends ever since. No. You've been a gopher. Go do this, go do this, go do this. <laughs> That's what you are. Don't you get it? <laughs> Stop. You gonna be Somebody surprised. needs you around. Look at me and told his ass last week. Didn't I? Wait a minute. Fred, I know you ain't telling him to stop as if what he's saying no. is worse than some of the What's shit the, you said geez. in the last 10 minutes. What's Jay's sidekick, his girl that like, booked oh, everything? Stephanie much. told his ass last week. She say, she told his ass, she say. Uh, if Jay, if you think Jay is your friend, you think Jay will get up out the bed and come see you, motherfucker? He would fly eight thousand miles to come see me. Shut the fuck oh, up! Oh man, no, motherfucker! You just looked up that day. We had some business to do. He just wants to be. He has us around to tell you this shit, stupid. But that's okay. I'm enjoying this. Damn shit day. I enjoy this stuff. Oh, I know you do. That's why I got married. I, I came here to talk most, about you. And Mary came most, to slap most, you. Most white, most white men are masochists. Slappy so Mary. Oh, so he wants he wants some leather and a ball in his motherfucking mouth and some chains and whips and wants somebody to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, no, I don't want that. Is that what uh, that means? Is that what uh, that means? Uh, 
is that motherfucker want to go in a dark, a, dark, a dark room and put some canes on his motherfucking ass and let somebody whoop his ass like a fat This woman. motherfucker, he's he talking about in a dark room. He wants to do this at the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> he come here and audition. He's on like, a streaker. He want to take this shit God to the Super Bowl damn. at halftime. This I motherfucker, want, that's what he wants to do. <laughs> I told you, he's, uh, a, he's, a, he's a trackie. He tracks. He's on the track, and he's the king of the track. You tracking, sitting up there, came tracking Jack, Jay, and now you come here and think you somebody motherfucking. I, I, know love, you it. You know, I love that you love me. You I bet like you, you, you think you somebody, and I know you hate Jesse Jackson, don't you, at the same time. When Jesse told I love that somebody, you love me, you, you uh, shut up. You telling a lie. Nobody <laughs> give a fuck about what you say. It's not a laughing matter. It it's not a laughing matter. matter. This is therapy. No. You guys give me good therapy. Well, yeah, this is what it is. It's therapy. Thank you. It's therapy. Thank you, Day. Exactly. You're right. Welcome to <laughs> the Jerry Welcome say, to the Come on on the show. I said, I'm going to get you to say whatever the fuck I want to say, man. He said, yeah, oh, man, you know, yeah, yeah, say whatever you want. You don't get to, you know, um, interject with our co-hosts and this, that, and the other, but just be mindful, you know. Uh, they're going to say shit to you, and, you know, you're going to say, I say shit, come on, wait. Yeah, I say it's some white yeah, boys on there. Yeah. I say it's some white boys on there. He said, yes, yes. He said, it's yeah, all yeah, over yeah. the world. I said, I'm going to get you. No I'm going to see if these motherfuckers no. understand the goddamn me reference, the word. What you just say about me, Beckman? Yeah, oh, what you say about her, Beckman? No, no, I said me and Mary are white. You can come on the show. No, no it wasn't deal. about you and me, Mary. What? It was about you. It was about you, <laughs> white don't, man. Don't you the one who erected. Yeah, no, because yeah. I got it. Fred said to Jay, are there white people on this show? And I said, yeah, the white people are John and Mary. Oh, here. no, no. This is about you, white man. The one that said this is white man's land. That's the one. The one that even talked about his white woman. The one that wouldn't let his white woman vote because white man wanted to be God, white man. Talking about you, not her. Don't include She's right now putting you in jail, as a matter of fact. Oh, I love white her. Man. She can white put me in jail man. anytime she wants. Uh, I love the white woman. Doing. I no, love well, the white she woman. doesn't love you. It's called me yeah, too, she does. She does. You no. do and Fred do. No. I know no, you guys no, do. No. You guys can't fool so me. So why did your ancestors why did your ancestors So why did so why did your ancestors sneak out of the house in the middle of the night to go cut and beat up and rape our white women? I mean our black sisters. Why did they I'm leave sorry. those why did they why do they still do it today? Why do they why do they still today? would prefer to be with an African-American woman or a Hispanic woman rather than a Anglo-Saxon white woman, the lily white. By the way, why Jackson, that? Well, I'm asking you something as a man. Why, why, why are you guys, why, you know, you know, like they say, stick with your own? Why is it? Because I love everybody. Every, 
no, 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 no. Moreover. Moreover, why do your children, the children more under, more under, know what you're talking about? Yes. Well, what I'm talking about is how how the descendants of the, the your forefathers decided to take over the capital, the very capital that was set up for them. Genius, white man. My how my forefather Reese was there. What are you talking about? No, I'm talking about those white men that put themselves on the sacred part of this land at Mount Rushmore. Those white men who thought they had a vision looking into the Don't horizon you think for this you land. Think Trump should be on Mount no, Rushmore. No, I'm not too? talking about Trump. I'm talking about you, white men. He should I'm be on Mount you Rushmore. Right now. I think, see, you want to pass the buck. You always try and pass the buck when it's directly about you. What does that mean? That's what you, the buck. What does that mean, by the way? Does that mean well, a the deer fuck is what or you're a dollar bill? It's what Pass you're doing. Buck. It's what you're doing. Is that, a, well, is that a figment of speech, too? No, it's a slavery yeah. term. What you would do is you would pass the buck from one like plantation to the next the buck plantation. The same to me. That's what it is. That's what pass the buck is. You pass a black man to go do the work for your pocket. Then you pass it and they pass it around and go through the pocket. It should be past five bucks. We should pass five bucks now with inflation. Well, five bucks only because it's three fifths. And this other motherfucker be talking that entitlement shit. That other nigga be talking that entitlement shit. You know, like he don't. He 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 don't even know who the fuck he is. I know. You hear him, Fred? You hear him? You hear him, Fred? I agree with you. You see how you he come here that? like you think you you like you can tolerate this. You know you can't tolerate this. It's, it's your world is upside down like Diana Ross. What are you talking about? You so upside down. You don't know. Why don't you let me say something about upside down? Why don't you get a globe and you hold it upside down? Isn't there, isn't and you see that like in the beginning. Let's see, and then you'll see in the beginning. That the beginning was black people because they traveled by boats. They put it this way because they traveled by airway. So they have it that way. Make you think that, like well, to yeah, you go look at go I look at see, it upside down. Like. That's why black people is all over the world down because they yeah, travel by boats. And the peninsula and the peninsula of all the lands are indigenous black people, and they communicated with each other. That's hey, what they did land, by boat. Have you seen the uh, volcanoes and ice? I'm speaking of speaking when of the land. seas, the seven seas and the seven lands came together by communicating of the black man. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking but about the launch pad of all the – you know how the launch pad in Florida? Like we used to buy you, know peninsula, was, you know that peninsula sure that you got to go to space? You know that peninsula that you got to go to space in Texas? You know that launch pad? Well, that was the same launch pad when it was the beginning how people traveled by boats. Are you and talking you know about what? Florida? Texas, it was indigenous niggas. It was indigenous niggas all in the, in, the, in the monuments that they put up all over the world that still exist is them ones with them big fat noses that your, that your uh, 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 Napoleon went and blew off when he went to Egypt. And uh, said, "How in uh, the fuck? Uh, how in the fuck 
Did these motherfuckers continue to build when I was in the dark? Let me come out and rule the world and take over these motherfuckers. Let's start by blowing off that fat nigga nose to identify who really was here. Huh? That's something you would say. Well, I said it. You're absolutely right. I just said it. It was moreover. Didn't you hear the beginning? You fuck. You stupid fuck. You high class loser. <laughs> yeah, that's what you are. You're nothing but something that it belongs with a beer in his hand. That's what you are. Early in the morning. What's your wrong with skinny jeans right and some skinny jeans and a pickup and some skinny jeans and a pickup truck? Your world is upside down. Look at it, got oh. your look at it. You love that. That dog is talking police dog. Buy the buy you, buy you a drink. <laughs> he talking police dog. I always got drinking the car. Hey, look, Beckman. You know it's funny how you guys, man, come up talking about college and stuff like that. I, mean, I think that people in the world have yet to actually understand how this world works. Okay, now Beckman. It's not that you 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 just didn't understand uh, math in your column. You 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 couldn't get past goddamn adding damn points. That sound really fucked up. That means you could never even do algebra, which becomes really fucked up because there's no way you can put football and algebra together. Those two things never equate. I know that because I play ball myself. There's no way you equate those two in math. Nah. You have to be intrigued. I agree with Reese on that one. Because the person, if they're not intrigued by something, they're never going to exist with it. If you don't like something, you're never going to want to exist. It's like staying with somebody who you really don't want to be with. No matter how, try, how, how hard you try to stay with that person, guess what happens? It never seems to work out. That's the crazy part of life. So... We need them to a basic understanding that everybody, everybody can't be a doctor. Everybody can't be a lawyer. Now, I'm going to tell you a, a crazy thing. And it, Hello? I'm going to say something crazy. I've talked to people who are senators that are lawyers. 